Ooh wee. Dragon bags, Sean. Those are the talk of the town on Saturday when we were playing. They really were? Because not only were they the greatest bags on the boards, they're also the sexiest, because good lord. There's some heat Easy. that we were giving away. And Easy. yeah, so we had ourselves a little giveaway this past weekend. Um based on our PPRs that were astoundingly pretty damn high, Sean. Better than I would Thanks have ever thought. Thanks to Dragon Bags. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to improve your game, sometimes all it takes is a bag. So why not go get your hand, uh, hands on some of the best ones in the business right now? Dragonbags.com. Drop code BIGASP12 at checkout. It'll save you money. And do yourself a favor. Up your game and get the quality stuff that everyone wants to get their hands on. Dragon Bags. Cornhole. <laughs> We hope you throw it straight. And nothing but four bangers from here on out. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast. Sean and Dane are with you as always. What's going on, man? Not too much, man. We are uh, in a new environment. We are. Um, oh, it's an oldie it's a but goodie. Spot, the OG. Um, we actually recorded our very first episodes first down here. Two episodes, I want to say. I think it was two. Yeah. yeah. And uh, relocated. Then we relocated. Upstairs. I'm digging the vibes down here, though. Now we're back down in the man cave. Yeah, I kind of like it better um, down here. I'm you gonna, know, we got the game on. Yeah, we're able to enjoy that. It's, distracted. Yeah, it's not just like a little blip on the, the screen anymore. So, yeah, I think we're just we're upgrading a little bit, getting a little more comfort oh, yeah. in our lives and into our element a bit. Yep. I can't wait to shoot the MTV Cribs I know. video. I mean, I put, so up, I put up the lights so for excited. you as well, the I Christmas know. lights up top. Nice, uh and yeah, we got some sweet signage behind us as well. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm jazzed. Hell yeah! If you couldn't tell. Hell yeah! All right. Well, um, before we get into anything else, we have a pretty busy episode. Dane, do what you do every single week. Let the folks know what we're drinking tonight in our favorite segment called "What You Drinking." Ha ha! What you drinking? Well, um, just sipping on some Southern Tier Two X. Uh, Sean's got the IPA. I got the haze. Sure do. Haze. Haze. Um, always a tried and true. Um, I had a beer earlier that was uh, Cleveland-oriented, but I had to enjoy that with the Browns' victory because, once again, Sean, Let's Browns go. are victorious. My goodness. And Victory yeah, Sunday. It's a Sunday, Ooh. and uh, yeah, I plan on having a couple more beers while we're sitting here, so I'm going to need a little pick-me-up tomorrow, Sean. You know what I'm reaching for in that cupboard? What? Cornhole coffee, oh right? Right? Never would have guessed. So if you need a little pick-me-up, especially after a long week in a bagging, head over to Cornhole Coffee and pick yourself up some delicious beans. Two handfuls at a time. All right? They smell great. Grab your beans over at CornholeCoffee.com. Code BIGASP. We'll save you money. All right, Cornhole family, we have more audio gold planned for you all today. Up today, we have two sets of bags to review. Uh, we have the Ultra Butterfly and the Big D bags, the Dude. All right. The Dude. So two uh, pretty popular bags that we're going to be reviewing. Uh, we played this weekend, so we're going to be recapping the Cleveland Regional and our experiences there. Um, we have some dramatic readings that are just oh, good lord, awesome. Just like I mean, the Cornell community is just bad a thousand. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then um, and then we're going to be joined by 
uh, former ACL pro through the PDC, Kyle Petering. He's going to be joining us today. And I don't, I think he's doing the elite stuff this year, Mm -hmm. but we're going to find out. So we just saw Kyle yesterday at the regional, uh, chopped up with him, but he's a super interesting dude. Um, wealth of knowledge. And I like getting the firsthand experience about, you know, off season stuff. So we're going to find out a whole bunch of stuff from him. Absolutely. All right. But before we jump into anything else, all right, we're going to let you know what's going on in our cornhole lives. It's like we call in and around the hole. Brought to you by Blackjack Cornhole. Stop throwing ugly bags, and you can do that by going to Blackjack Cornhole. They just happen to have one of the best logos in the game, second only to Big Asp. All right, but you slap that Blackjack logo on a set of bags, and instantly they perform better. You get free shipping, amazing customer service. Folks, we've been telling you for years, it's a no-brainer. Help Troy's kids have a nice Christmas. All right, (laughs) go buy a set of Blackjack bags. Go to blackjackcornhole.com, and if you use code BIGASP, you're going to save yourself 10%. And don't forget about Black Sheep Baggers. If you're in the market for a new set of bags, you ha- you're just looking for a, n- a new company. You're like, I don't know, like, I want to try something different. Try throwing Black Sheep Baggers, all right? They're a cornhole company that stands for, I think, uh, something that we can all relate to, some kind of feeling like a black sheep in our life. All right, so why not join a clan, be the black sheep, embrace that. They got some of the best bags around. Some of the big uh, pro names are yeah. throwing them this year. I mean, so. at the end of the day, if you're playing cornhole, chances are, you're black sheep anyways. 100%. So if you go to blacksheepbaggers.com, use code BIGASP, you're going to save yourself some money. Sweet. All right. So we got to throw. We threw. We got to throw a lot. We actually. did. Yeah. So we actually got together Friday night. That we did. Um, got together Friday night and with uh, ACL Pro Eric Anderson, and we shot a bunch of content, and which is going to be available on our Patreon page in the coming weeks. A um, bunch of training videos that we did. Um and then we uh, played a match, or you played a match against him. Yep. I also well, did. Dwayne did. Dwayne, yeah. Did. Well, I mean, Dwayne's making a comeback. Yeah, Dwayne's, uh, yeah, he's, he's starting to get out there again in the I world. I mean, we so. have to give the people what they want. 100%. People want Dwayne, so we got to start busting him out. But, um, yeah, it was cool. A little indoor cornhole, indoor soccer, basketball, multi-purpose yeah. facility in like Brunswick, Ohio. So it's like 20 minutes away from us, but it was cool. So shout out to Garrett letting for letting us use his facility. Um, I think we're going to try to use it a few more times with some other local pros here. Heck yeah. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. Eventually I would love to get to the point where we're making enough where I can like pay for pros to come in and like hang out for yeah. like a night, like, like hey, fly in, like yeah, let's, let's shoot a bunch of content go. But um, dreams, dreams, man. dreams. It's time to make them a reality. Dreams. You know but, who, who we need to get out there? Who's that? Abernathy. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'll bring the IPAs brother. Oh, right. he'd do it. I know he would. Yeah, I know we need, <laughs> I I think having him and Chad out there at the same time would be awesome. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause they're, uh, been around the game for a long time. For sure. So. And Chad now stepping away is kind of just taking everything in a little bit. It's yeah. kind of nice to see that. Um, but it was nice throwing Friday night just to get some reps in. You know I mean? 100%. Yeah, I definitely it helped think it helped tr- for Saturday. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I can already tell. Like, if I was playing, like, steadily, how much better I would be. Yeah. Throwing Friday night, going into Saturday in the blind draw, I got paired with Quentin. So we, because of our time, we had to be, we had a family party that night. So we had to be out Saturday by, like, four. So we're like, listen, if we're going to play, it doesn't make sense to do competitive because that be stuff doesn't start till three. So yeah. we're going to, we, so we ended up playing open blind draw and then open doubles as well. Mm-hmm. We figured if we're not going to play, we're, listen, if we're here, let's just go play the creme de la creme. Yeah. Right? Why not? So open blind draft. It might as well be by 
Good players. I got paired with uh, Quentin Robinson. If you're an OG fan of the show, we've mentioned him quite a bit. He was a guy we used to battle out in the league quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I haven't thrown with him or against mm-hmm. him in a long time, but we got paired up. We, I mean, solid. I think we went two and two. Yeah, and he's a, he's a unique bag thrower. He, like, he's slick side down, man. Yeah, he just wants to give down him a slick side bag. He, he wants no action because he does not throw a flat at all. But he's. I think he I made him. He's been a all slide guy forever. Yeah. Like. One of the, I mean, I don't think he ever throws anything else. Like mm-hmm. he has this orange set of all slides that he just every year they come out with orange. Stitches, yeah. yeah, you know. He, uh, but he threw. I think I made. I converted him. I believe he's like, what? Are, what are these bags we've been throwing? Like they're called power drags. He's like this is carpet. He's like this is really nice. And uh, but he would throw a slick side down a lot. But if yeah. he wanted to throw a block, he'd throw the carpet and it would just check up like level one, level two, and he's loving it. Able to go through it really well. Um, but it was good. It was, again, I was trying to use. The blind draw is like a warm up for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you got to throw a little bit more in the blind draw. Um, I got paired with my boy Lawan. It's a good um, way to put it. Yeah, it's just like it's tough. He loves throwing sticky, sticky bags. So we threw some of the stickiest Vikings I had ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, which you know I don't mind a dirty game. Like I, I have faith in my airmail and stuff to yeah. just go after it and. Uh, yeah, they were just too sticky. Like they were just it. hanging all around the hole. Like we'd hit good shots, and like it would just like roll over it, and like wouldn't pull anything yeah, yeah. with it. Like it I was uh, it. it was tough sledding. But like uh, first match was uh, against Shumney, and um, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on uh, Sanchez. Yes, and Josh right. Sanchez. Yeah, um, together and yeah. I mean, we we gave him a game. We ended up losing like. I think it was like 21. You guys were playing next to us. Yeah. And I remember looking over at one point, I think it was like 11 to nothing. Yeah, we were. So I'm like, oh, and it was after like three, four rounds. Yeah, I'm like, we got oh, off shit, to this a slow is, start. Yeah, I'm like, all right. And then you guys were still playing. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, you guys, you guys finished before. Yeah. We were like, we were still playing. Um, yeah, and then ended up just like running out of gas there at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, all in all, throwing, I almost felt like throwing those sticky ass bags like helped me the rest of the day. Because I had to throw so hard that yeah. all of a sudden, like, I don't know, I felt like the the light shots were, it was like throwing a donut on your baseball bat. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, I get that. No, I thought, um, I love the fact that you're not stepping anymore. I have to say that. It just looks so much better. And you're more consistent with it down the middle. Yeah, I mean, I know you, I know you keep attributing it to the, the step. Yes, it is a big part of the it is my, is It is my wrist, 100%. Okay. Like I know it is. Like okay. I'm actually thinking about bringing the step back for push ups. No, I mean for just for push. Why you did? I, I, I mean, step, I, I stepped for an airmail again. So you looked this weekend like a good player who just doesn't play that much. Yeah, I mean that's what it looked like. But if you played more, I don't think you have to tweak a whole lot. I think it's more of a just a consistency thing. Yeah. All I mean, we saw it all all day on Saturday with me. Yeah. First three bags. I if we were playing a three bag <laughs> tournament, like I'm, I had a Money. nine PPR. <laughs> I mean. On the live stream, of course, we're the lowest seed, right? So we yeah. knew we were going to get paired against the highest seed going in there if it was an even number of teams. Guess what it was? Yeah. So we get the like, we go into doubles, open doubles. I'm feeling pretty good. But then when I find out, like, we're just on the broadcast courts, right? And I see um, Trey Birchfield just gets there and Adam comes over. And I, I thought we were just warming up. I, we we're just throwing. And then uh, I see you start messing with the screen. And I look at Adam. I'm like, are we, wait, are we playing? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, this is real. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. I didn't, I thought we were just warming up. It was I didn't a surprise even, for you. I got I told felt, early. And then I, my phone went off in my pocket and I pulled it out and it was an out. I'm like, oh, I just, just yeah. got now. Kevin came over and told me like 
a half hour before oh. that. He's like, don't tell Sean. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we just did the down and back and I'm like, okay. And then we started, I'm like, oh, okay. Luckily I locked in yeah. the problem. No, I locked in in quotes. Yeah. I mean, locked in for your about level. As, yes. Yeah. About as good as I'm going to get. I ended up throwing just shy of a nine against um, against Adam, who threw over an eleven against me. Yeah. I think he missed one bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I had opportunities all game because he wasn't blocking. He wasn't. He was just stroking. He was just like, I'm just gonna let's just end him quick. You know what I mean? Like, or I'm gonna give him a chance. Like, if he can run bags with me, we'll let him stick around, get content, kind of thing. Yeah. And all day. I, he would put four bags in the hole. I'd ball him up, last bag in hand, and I'd be just short. And as soon as it came out of my hand, I would the first time I said short. And then the second and third time, Adam's like, that's short. And I'm like, and I knew it too. Yep. I'm like, I know it. Fuck, God damn it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. All weekend, I really struggled throwing my last bag with an open board for points. Yeah. I don't know why. And I'm always short. I don't know what my fear is in my head. And I, it's a complete mental thing. Cause I'm thinking, I shouldn't even be thinking about that. No, but I, I should be thinking about how well it's going to feel after the bag goes in the hole. Not like, Oh shit, you, you're probably going to fuck this up. No, you're, you're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking this has to go into wash rather than like, let's just put another bag in. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm putting pressure on myself. Like, yes. Oh my God. If I don't like, put this, uh, in, I'm going to give up two. Oh my God. Why didn't he shake a bag? But like, we, <laughs> like we did talk about this a little bit on the drive home. And I told you like, there's a reason why I only put two bags in hand and I reset. And I think you should, even if it's just your fourth bag, just leave it on the board and wait to pick that one up for your fourth bag. Every time I used to, um, when we first started, I used to only hold one bag, one in bag my at hand. a time. Yeah. I stopped doing it. It sounds terrible, but I, when I hurt my back like two years ago, yeah, I didn't want to keep I, yeah correct. I was like, I feel like this is just dumb. I could just hold them here. Um, I could try it again. I mean, it you might not be a bad. You can still hold them all. Just step out. Yeah. Well, and just reset. Cause you are, I, I told you this on the drive. You're one of the best, like first bag people I know on an open board. You're very good at draining that first it, bag. You I, do it. A, you know why? Cause every time I'm saying I, I want, I want to be up three points. If yeah. I can be up three points in a round with no other bags being thrown, if I can put my first one in, that's a great start. Yeah, and where I sit, and I, I want to be confidence, and I, I want to be strong. half in the hole on my first bag. And most that's of the my time, favorite first bag. My first bag, I'm stepping up. Even if I've been waiting forever, there was timeouts. I step up, I'm good. Like I know that bag's going to go in the hole. Yeah. I wish I have that confidence for bag four, but it's like every bag I throw, I get less confident. And I don't know why I just had three practice shots. You just did it three fucking times. Do exactly the same thing you did, but I always tend to hold it just, just a hair, just a little bit longer. I will say if you were a player like me and you're looking for like every little advantage. And again, I'm not trying to preach to the choir here. The power dragon is almost like cheating sometimes. Like I understand why people are throwing like the Viper R, the power dragon, because there were bags I threw yesterday came out of my hand. I'm like, oh shit. And they still went in and I'm like, Oh wow. Like that. They had no business going in the hole, yeah. but I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it for sure. Um, now back to, I'm sorry, Hissner Birchfield. Yes. Um, <laughs> your boy put up seven points. Listen, you threw great on Trey Birchfield. I was very happy with you, that. You threw great. I was able to muddy it up a little bit on him. And uh, again, if I took could, advantage of him just showing up, because if I was, was playing Adam with three bags, we wash, we're good. Like this mm-hmm. game, but Adam got four bags, and I was unfortunately playing with like three and a half. You know I mean, I still think didn't we play them like twelve or thirteen rounds? I felt like we it wasn't oh, yeah, it was that all, short. No, like, no, no. We, like, we they didn't have any big time. rounds against us. Yeah. Their biggest round against us, I think, was the first round. I think I threw an eight, and then every round after yeah, that, you, I was I think I was a ten or a nine. Yeah, every every round. Um, I think I did wash one twelve, but that was like <laughs> just. 
I was getting so frustrated with myself because I'm like, you're throwing so well right now. Yeah, like, and I, and it wasn't that we were on the broadcast. I don't give a shit about that. Like, I don't care if people think I'm good or not. Like, mm-hmm. I that does not. I'm just more of a personal critic on my own. Yeah. And I knew it, as soon as it comes out of my hand, I know if the bag's going in. And I was, I thought I was good about not worrying. Stop trying to throw like a flat bag anymore. Just throw your normal bag. Like, it doesn't matter. If it goes in the hole, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Because for the longest time when I was trying to throw that perfectly flat bag and make it look pretty, my line is just not as good. And I see it all the time with my cut shot. Like, I just, I need to dedicate, now that I feel good about my normal throw, um, I just need to really focus in on just throwing a cut for a while. Just so I get a line down. Just so I have both of those shots in my arsenal. I can throw a cut. I'm just not as consistent as I would like to be right now with it. Yeah. Um, But it was cool. Uh, Thomas Stranger hit me up. And he's like, hey, he's like, I saw the match against um, Hisner and Birchfield. He's like, he's like, you actually, he's like, you and your brother actually threw really well. And he's like, you have a really good, and he's like, you have a really good throw. He's like, but I can tell as soon as you were going to miss a bag, he's like, your shoulder would drop. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. You'll see me all the time after I miss a bag. I'm constantly like turning or something. And I'm like trying to give myself like that physical cue of like, all right, stop doing this. Like you don't want to feel this. Yeah. This is what you want to feel. Stop doing and Like I'm constantly like, I, I can feel so as soon as it comes out of my hand. What I did, well, I, I and know I used to dip way more. And when though. you, yeah, and when you dip, that's when your bag gets loopier and yes. it just lands like Correct. a pillow and doesn't yes. move anywhere. I used to really dip, and that was one of the things that um, Derek fixed yeah. very early on. Was you got to stop dropping down so much? Well, I think a lot of that too, changing that my foot, changing the foot, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It, it doesn't like it feels awkward to dip. It was when your front foot, other it, foot's forward. I was proud of us that we bounced back after that game and won the yeah, next one. Yeah, we took a took a win because um, we were throwing against. I know Sean Patton was the guy I was throwing against. Yeah, I can't not. Let me. It's a matter right here. Um, but I I had played Patton probably two or three times before that, and he kind of had my number. Um, I know he can throw a pretty decent high, like decent PPR, yeah. and I was just uh, so I was like a little concerned uh, during warm up. So like I'm I just kept saying like if you just kept throwing how you were throwing against Trey like we're gonna win like it's Paul Paul Andres okay Paul Andre, okay yeah. so um, but all in all thought we played well uh, we fell behind early I think that was and then we kind of stormed back and kind of took control yeah of it. but it was never like we were never down by that much and no game. no 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 we ended up winning twenty one thirteen yeah I think it was again I think that first round I think I threw I think he got a four bagger on yeah. me I threw an eight and I'm like. All right, all right, you got to buckle up. Just like, don't be a bitch. Like, just you got, you got to put four bags together. Well, Pan's one of those guys that like he's just looking for the hole because well, he throws it so low and hard. And I also realized that as soon as I started finding it, like I would, I was chirping not a lot, like not allowed at him, but I was t- more to you. Yeah. But like when there was, I think of the second or third round where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna miss again. Like we're good. Like yeah. I just, I found the line. Like I felt everything was smooth ago, and I wasn't. This sounds mean. I wasn't intimidated by him. Like I Hisner, I'm like, God damn it. He could well, those never guys miss are, again. Those guys are like freshly in advanced. Like they, they just well, came up. From a guy like Hisner though, they don't, they're, they're not intimidated by us at all. No. So he's playing loose. Mm-hmm. And when they're playing loose they're you can argue they're almost better. Yeah. Like sometimes they miss shots because like, Admit it or not, they're nervous. They're a little tight. Like they respect their opponent against us. They don't fucking respect. I mean, we had yeah. no shot at winning that, even if we played our best. And I'm and it's just being a realistic point of view. I know that's not like this is a winner's mentality. Heart, right now, you thought we had a chance in that game. You know yesterday. how huge for the program it could have been. I'm saying I thought we could have had a chance <laughs> because Trey Birchfield was fresh out of the car. From- I know. A late bender the night before. I, listen, I believe it. When you put up seven points bad. and we yeah. were at seven, I think it was like. 
13 to 7. Yeah. And I, there was a little twinkle in my heart where I'm like, what if we... Yeah, like, what if... What if they try to do something stupid? What if Trey really falls apart? And they, like, what if Adam does bunch two bags? He tries to go for an air, and he does back one off. Yeah. And, like, I, and I get four, sneak four off him. I'm like, dude, like, this could happen. <laughs> but, I mean, but then, like, the world goes on, and we lose. <laughs> so it didn't happen. But I was happy we got a win. Uh, the next game was just straight garbage by me. Um, I do have to say, I love... My dude's at Cleveland Cornhole. Yeah. We got to throw against one of the owners of Cleveland Cornhole in that match. Yes, we did. I let him know right off the rip that I thought I was going to have a seizure throwing on those boards. Dude. They have no business putting a board like that in like a regional. Yeah, like with was, how busy the design was. It was he throwing wasn't me complaining off, about yeah. it. Yeah. Like it was throwing me off. Like, and I hate to throw, like use that as an excuse, but like it's not, I'm there's way too much. He on played really well. Yeah. I played like shit. That's why we lost. Yeah. hundred like, percent. My, my biggest gripe with that board was like it was almost like it was hard to see the hole or something because of like the ombre to it. Like yeah. it was like it got darker as it went up and like yeah, I don't know, like the glare on it was just like I was just disappointed in myself because I just come off playing really well. Yeah. And I was confident. Like I played Kevin Allen many times and I always typically play well against mm-hmm. him. He's the kind of guy that I like playing because he'll throw that first level one block, but he typically plays with a bag fast enough where I feel comfortable going through it. Yeah. Or if he misses one, I just gives me a bumper. All right, I'm good. I'm going to bully off it. And that's how I'm going to get my two points. But um, it didn't work like that. I was creating a nice alley. Yeah. Missing left and right with my first two bags, almost every round, just, just <laughs> gobbling me up for four points. I mean, it was just, I just could not figure it out. Yeah. And then, I mean, Josh took it to me as well. So yeah. like, it was not uh it's not pretty, but again, like, yeah, I was I was trying to not like use the board as an excuse, but like I literally like it was just so busy I couldn't pinpoint a spot no, exactly. to hit. Like I am a spot like, guy. Yeah, like I'm looking. I like when there's writing on the board. I, I like it when there's nothing on it too. Oh, I really? like yeah. believe me, I can take a naked board too. <laughs> like mm. um, yeah, as long as there's a hole, like at the end of the tunnel, I'm good. <laughs> it's like life wisdom right there. There you go, all the kids out there. As long as there's a hole. Yep. You're, That's your goal. You're going in the right direction. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, so overall winner. So in bag. doubles. So we got to commentate doubles. Um, Hister and Birchfield, they're going to be just fine at the pro. Yeah. They're really good. Um, they took down um, Jeff Reynolds and Lucas Householder in the finals. Um, it made It was an entertaining game. For sure. I mean, one back switch kind of completely changed Housey and Reynolds play. They faced off in the King C match yeah. and it was over pretty quick. Jeff Reynolds just could not control the speed of, I don't know which bag they were throwing the first time. I think it was the renegade. Was it the renegade? Yeah. yeah it was like that. Um, they the were just shoot, yeah. They were just shooting off the back for him. And I mean, they were slightly faster than the rest of the boards in the building. So, so. then they decided to go with the good old victory. Yeah. And uh, so you do not see most pros. I would actually, I guess I don't know if this is correct. I would assume most pros do not change bags. Yeah. They just, they ride or die with that and they just kind of adjust. But Jeff seems to be very comfortable changing bags yeah, in every sure. situation. And that's why I, I'm so sad that the bag change rule did not. I know. Go through, How man. cool would that have been? Like, cause he could have changed middle of the game. I've been like, you know what? These are playing too fast. Would you have like victories. a Titan bags guy that. throw like a Jekyll and slide in one of them? Yeah. Why not? If you're, if you're down, that much be like you know what screw it i'm just shooting airmails and just plopping bags all around the hole i just got a set did you yeah all right nice. i've never thrown them so i'm excited to try it 
It's like rubber. It's like the OGs. Oh, it's not the OGs, but okay. But yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember like feeling Donnie's set of the OGs. Those things literally yeah. felt like tires. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Um, I didn't get to see who won singles. Did you? I didn't know. I yeah, I didn't see any post ups. Let me see if uh, did Cleveland Cornhole post anything yet? Uh, let's see. I feel like I would have saw it across the. The socials today. I know there's so much shit talking about. All right, here we go. All right, open singles. Uh, standings. Adam Hissner wins over Jeff Reynolds. Lucas Householder was third. Chucky Love was fourth. Nate Long fifth. Tied with Timmy Jonas. Uh, Petering was seventh. Trey Birchfield was seventh. Uh, you have Chad Braun, Eric Anderson. Carson Stevers at ninth. So let's see how many total players were there. 25. Okay. I'm interested. How many people were in advanced singles? We were just talking. We were kind of talking about that on the way home yesterday. Yeah. It was just 13. So there's only 13 people that played in advanced. advanced yeah. The competitive singles. Let's see this. Standings. 13 intermediate singles this has got to be their money maker oh lord yeah. 33 yeah it's interesting it is very interesting I felt like open blind draw I was fine like I felt comfortable doing that like it feels fair Right. Yeah, for sure. Like the way to do it. Um, open doubles. We know we're going to take our lumps, but again, I, I, I'm kind of at the point now where I feel comfortable enough with my throw taking the lumps. As long as, yeah, like as long I as I'm throw throwing a good well, game, then I know there was a while where I changed my throw like, and I was fighting it a lot. Yeah. Like I, I just didn't feel comfortable, and I knew that like I just it didn't belong. Not that I belong like with an upper echelon, but I feel like I'll take my lumps and I feel like now playing better competition and overtime is just going to make me better. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like it already has it. like, I yeah. mean, we, we know what we're getting when we step up to the boards now with these like elite players and it's just, they're going to put a lot of freaking bags in the hole. Yeah. Like they, they know that that's how they can beat you. So just play your game and see what happens. Cause I'm very much like still a, a block push guy. If I could, if I would have hit my pushes this weekend, it would have been a different story. Struggled a little bit in that facet. I think sometimes you, you're afraid of the slick side. Shauna, every time I had a push, I threw the slick side. I don't know why you say that. Because you didn't. I really did. I mean, there's if it's a first bag, like perfect block, I like to put my second one with it slow side. Hmm. Then the next two will be slick. But all, all in all, I think we were both happy with how everything went. Yeah, right. I mean, I would always... Uh, it's bigger for the program if we get a win against a pro or former pro. So next time. Yes. Next time. Let's see here. Going after knees, Birchfield. We'll take him out. Let's see, where do we? We didn't take last, at least. We did not. We tied for ninth. Look at that. One Let's Vic. Suck it. Let's do it. All right. You want to do some uh, bag reviews? Um. Yeah. And it's not just making them smaller. They completely reshape them. They make them more supple and symmetrical. I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. 
Let's make a move. All right, this bag review is brought to you by Gnarly Boards. Gnarly. We threw on pretty, I think, all gnarly boards this weekend, right? With the exception of the, the BG uh, ones, right? With that, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> just like throwing out there, but it was they were BG boards. They were like the crazy design yeah, on it. It had nothing to do with the quality of the boards. It was but the print was built for backyards. Listen, they're nice, man. They play great, Dude, and on that turf field, sometimes you get like that crazy bounce. But the boards did not seem to move a whole lot. Yeah, no, even when they're on mats, they didn't or not. have pucks under any of those. No, boards, that's what I'm saying. They, they, they handled great, yeah. and we threw. We had the luxury of throwing on the broadcast court quite a bit this weekend. Yeah. And yeah, they they were not moving at all. Now there was an issue, I believe, with spacing on some of the boards and like okay. the far corner. I guess like there was like a couple sets that were like a foot off. Oh really? Stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, that's but not the, a it was board also, company fault. No, it, no, no. It was um, it was the intermediate area, and they're like, how how these like get so short? So they think like people were <laughs> putting them close. Oh, probably. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, but no, like the gnarly boards that we were throwing on that main court. Cherry. They're, they're oh, yeah. great. So if you're in the market for a new set of boards and you're looking for something that you want to give your loved one, right? The, the, their cornhole wet dream, mm. right? A new set of boards is oh. gonna, it's about the most important thing you can have as a cornhole player. Oh, yeah. So check out Gnarly Boards. Check them out on Facebook and go to gnarlyboards.com and use code BIGASP and you're going to save yourself 10%. 10%. Hell yeah. All right. So up today, we have two sets of bags. We have the Ultra Butterfly, and then we also have the Big D, the Dude Abides. Mm. What do you want to start with? Let's uh, let's get the Chubby Bunny out of the way. Right. And by that, I'm talking the Butterfly. Now, Ooh. let's start with the good. Yes. This material on the slick side prints so fucking look at, well. Sean, look at, look at that jig. I know. <laughs> got some ass to it um this <laughs> sorry sorry um this this slick side material prints so well yes it does it's super cool like the design for this i'm gonna give like 120 like i really like the design it's super detailed i really like the print on this like a lot um now let's get to the back um it is typical ultra template and I don't know how they're doing it, but their closing seam is just getting like even Dude, better. I know this one's almost I, like I mean, ghosted. You can't even tell where the fucking seam is. I mean, it's pretty damn impressive. I mean, they've really perfected this, like the science of like making this stuff down. Hundred percent, the closing seam. Yeah, it really does seem like it's like laser glued. You know, what I mean, <laughs> just like it this is. little thin little strip. Um, but yeah, really. Very well done. Like, I, I do appreciate that stuff. It's like the amount of bags we have come through the door. Um, this is like, this is like kind of like a work of art a little bit. Anyways, this is a Viper R cousin, right? So they took the sister same, wife. yeah, sister wife. So they took the same carpet that's on a Viper R, but they paired it with this ultra slick nylon type feeling material I mean, that plays a 10 it is it is very we fast. were trying to like think of bags that we have like felt something similar. i thought it was something similar to like what dragon bags was used like to have on or yes the terror yeah i'm pretty sure like that's what this stuff is i i, th I think you're right once upon a time i like the terror it just feels like i don't know why it feels gimmicky it feels cheap like it shouldn't be like a great, a good, yeah, but it's super hole friendly. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it it makes it super melty. 
My biggest problem now the the fabric pairings alone are fine. Like, well, and I think that's part of the reason why you have the girth of this bag the way it is is because that slick side is so forgiving and the Viper R carpet on it is so forgiving that you can actually afford to make this bag chubby and still have is, it be this melty. This is a thick bag. Like it is, it is very Dude, full that's bag. With, that's this with is about the is full two bags. C's. That's thick. Yeah. Like it's two C's on that. I mean, that's a full C cup when you're holding it. Yeah. I'm, it is. Oh, Trevor Lawrence just fumbled. This Dang. is. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Um, Dang. It's really full. Like it is a very full bag. Too full for me, like for my liking. And it's it's odd because most bags you see coming out now, they're always hugging like the thinner side of it. Yeah. This is, they're like, fuck it. We're filling yep, it up. We're <laughs> like, fill it up. Like, fill this bitch up. Yeah, we got all that life fill in the back yeah, of the right? warehouse. Right? Yeah. What can <laughs> we do to throw it out? Now, um, I do want to give shout out to Ultra a little bit. I know that they originally did that release for um, the main survivors. Yes. And doing all that, like the fundraiser work. So that, that was awesome. I loved, I loved seeing yeah. that. Um, the bag, it just, in my opinion, for my personal taste, the bag was way too full. I get it though. If like, why make it, why make an exact clone of like a Viper R? Yeah, for sure. And like with a different, like, I, I get that, it. Change it up a little bit. It's not a bad chubby. No, it's I, just, if it fits completely broken in, but again, how much really more it broken takes in? me back to OG days of thickness though. And like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, eventually it's going to become a whole clogger. I feel like. No matter now, what this, you do with this it. bag, you can, you can, you can eventually get it to flop, right? Yeah. You're not, this bag does not cut all that well because if you touch, if you slick touch side, the slick side, gone, boop. gone. So if you angle that bag too much, <laughs> whoop, gone. Shooting off the bag. Um, but it's just, if you're wanting to whole hunt again, this is, and you want something it's a, chubby, it's a whole you're into carpet bag thicker that, stuff, then Hey, I will right say your, right it is alley. a great push bag. Because of its chunkiness. And it's got a slightly squared template. So that, that definitely makes it easier to, to get a good push. So I do give him that. Um the slick guy the slick side does scare me a little bit. It's it's pretty fast. Yeah, I love it. Because like I feel like <laughs> I just, just, just yeah, just throw it straight in. Yeah, yeah it'll just, like flutter in there. But again, it was it's a little bit thick for me. So I already said my design score. Performance wise, I'm gonna be Again, because I really do like this carpet, right? Like the 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 Viper R has been popular for a, a reason. Power Dragon, yeah. right? Best bag in the game right now for a reason. I get why they're doing the fabric combo, but if I'm really taking into consideration like fill and fullness of everything, for me, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the seventy. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slightly higher than you actually, okay. just because I do love. The slow side that much. Okay. But I'll go 70.5. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Because I was going to go 70. Jay, thanks for writing that down. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Jay. Jay, uh, I want to give, yeah, shout out to Jay real fast, who behind the scenes keeps track of all of like our bagopedia. On, if you're new to the show, on harddragpush.com, the website that I run, write some blogs and stuff like that. If you go to the big ass cornhole page, if you scroll down a little bit, we have what's called the Bagopedia. Every bag we've ever reviewed has our scores on it, all right, our performance scores, and it has a timestamp link yeah. to the episode where you can hear our review. That's you're doing God's work, man. So um, I feel uh, there's a set of uh, there's a set of dragon bags 
in your future, I in feel your like. In your near future. In your future. We got you. Because you do God's work. So I do pre- greatly appreciate it. And All right, then, so uh, let me know in the, like, message us back if that's my first decimal. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> first All right, so the next bag we're going to be reviewing is proud sponsor of the show, Big D Bags, mm. The Dude. Now, this bag, you might remember a few episodes back, I went to Texas, played the TCL event, and I played John Sarzinski yeah. and beat him with his own bags. This bag. This is the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is a, for lack of better terms, just because most people are familiar with it, this is a Power Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Um, same same carpet, same slick side. Um, so you got like the Viper slick side. All right, you got that Viper R type carpet on there, like the hybrid carpet. Um, the difference with this one compared to the other one is this bag is almost anorexic if the other one is thick. It's almost like sinful that we had to do I mean, butterfly at the same time that we did this I mean, bag because yeah, I mean you have the, we're talking no literally the same all the fill down same the carpet with just, a better tried and true fast side and yeah. Big this fan. I like, love the this fill in like, this bag. I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she like she was hiding it in high school. Yeah. You know. <laughs> this is like we knew you were pregnant three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, or that's thing. like I didn't know I was pregnant because I'm too fat. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden you have a kid in the toilet. But this is a super thin bag. Um it uses a pretty dense fill, so there's doesn't need to be a whole lot in there. Yeah. Um it plays Phenom- it is so hole friendly. If you get this bag anywhere near the hole, it really does just drip in because it has a dense fill. If we're talking about seam work right now, right? This is one of the reasons I paired these two bags is so that we can see it in person. Like who's who's higher up? Who's yeah? Who's seam Big is got dude? I think okay. When I was playing with these all day Saturday, I didn't want to spin my bags because I wasn't sure where the seam was. <laughs> and the nice thing about this bag is it doesn't matter if you are a seam in the palm hand, if you're a seam, it doesn't matter. Like this bag is completely symmetrical on all sides. It does not matter which way you hold the bag. So uh, honestly, just because I'm neurotic like that, uh, I always throw a seam out. So I always had to be like, all right, dude should be looking at the board. <laughs> Look at the board, dude. <laughs> Um, super hole friendly. My the only downside to a bag like this is that it lacks oomph. Yeah. It has zero ass, right? It it really struggles to push through slower bags. Um, you cannot be afraid to th- throw a slick side, but sometimes because the bag is so light, if there's a really tacky bag, you go slick side and it's not perfectly flat, you're gonna just kind of tra- like just shoot right off all the bags and go over. Yeah. That happens several times. So this is a bag very much so that you don't want to get in the like the the block replace push replace bag too much because it's really tough. Like you yeah. really have to throw it through this the bag, like not you, to it. If you want your blocker in quotes, like have half of it hanging in the hole. Yeah, correct. Like that's yes. and that's my favorite bag to throw. But again, this is you get it anywhere near the hole and it's good. Because it's so loose, right? This bag I had to adjust because there is some stuff floating around a little bit. Yeah. So when it would come out of my hand, right? So if I'm showing it to the camera, when it would come out of my hand here, I would feel the bag almost pull out of my hand a little extra. So I was missing everything early, right? Yeah. Although I would finish like i felt like my line was good everything was a little bit right and i could feel the bag yanking so all day i had to aim left edge of the hole and then i just kept my throw the same because i'm like i don't want to change release and like all that stuff like just stay where you're at you're being consistent 
just aim left of the hole and it just kind of straightened out. So for this, like I did have to change my line a little mm-hmm. bit, but it worked out well. I threw, I threw well. Like again, that was like the highest PPR that I've been to. And did you see the notification? I don't want to brag or anything. I'm now considered a B level player in TCO. I, I got I moved did up. See that? Yeah. I got moved up, folks. So uh, just hide your wives. All right, hide <laughs> your wives. I'm a B level player here. Yeah, sucks to suck. Yeah, it does suck to suck. Um, yeah, because now I'm like the lowest B level player. So sweet, just climbing yeah. on up. I like kind of like being king of C's for a little bit, but didn't really work that well. So I'll uh, I'll come in and. Be king of the for castle. sure. So we're going to be bringing on Kyle Petering. I know we have dramatic greetings. What yeah. I'm thinking is, I think multi, both the dramatic greetings, what, we just have him on. Yeah, why not? Right? I mean, because we only have, like, he, he's supposed to be on, like, five minutes anyways. Yeah. So we're, we'll, we'll wrap this stuff up here. We'll bring Kyle on. We'll do the dramatic greetings as part of the interview. 100%. So you got to stick around and listen to Kyle. Yeah. And they're, they're good. Hey, they're yeah. good readings. You want to cue so. the rap horn? I guess. Do it. Oh, here we go. Reach us at Instagram and Twitter at Big Ass Pornhole. And Facebook at Big Ass Pornhole Podcast. And subscribe at YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Get on YouTube. Big Ass Pornhole Um, Podcast. We're going to start throwing shorts up and check out the new studio and stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah, dude. It does look sweet. Shout out to the the sign. Oh, my God. Uh, so yeah, we we Sounds actually look a bit professional. Right behind Sean's head, you have my high school rugby photo. I, um, I'll change that. I'll swap that out with my cornhole trophies over shit. on the other That's side. Not I forgot moving. about that. That's not moving. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then uh, thanks thanks to our sponsors. Visit Dragon Bags with a Z dot com. Code Big Asp twelve at checkout. We'll save you money on great bags and cornholecoffee.com for your morning pick me up. Drink focus throw code Big Asp. We'll save you 10%. Throw something sexy. Go to blackjackhornels.com. Use code BIGASP and save yourself 10%. Black Sheep Baggers, grab some, be a black sheep, embrace that shit. Go to blacksheepbaggers.com. Use code BIGASP. Don't forget about gnarly boards. Go to gnarlyboards.com. Use code BIGASP and you're going to save yourself 10%. Yeah, we didn't mention Big D yet, but we will soon. Oh, they're going to so be coming up. Check out Big D as well. We just reviewed their bags and they are big delicious. We didn't do our performance score. I just realized on this. So design, first of all, do you notice oh, anything? Lord. Do you notice anything different about the design, or anything subtle about the design? No. You don't notice anything subtle about it. That just says big D on it. Oh, okay. This is yeah. All right, yeah, I got you. So, I love the subtle. Um, yeah, I love the subtle like homage to ultra a little bit with the design it, yeah. feature of it. Um, I love it. A, a the pink and the gray though. So like, I mean, if we're talking about pink and gray, it does really just Poppity, pop, pop, pop. Yep, a hundred easy. Yeah. Performance for me. I'm going 81. i like the bag a lot. I threw it pretty well. I just wanted the bag to be able to do a little bit more. Yeah. But if you are somebody that wants a very slinky bag, something loose, something a little bit faster, and something that you can just know is going to fall in the hole, that's where you want to go with. I'm going 86. Oh, hell yeah. I, again, huge fan. I like the <laughs> like the fill. Um, but you're right. It's it's It doesn't do quite everything you want it to. Yeah. But sometimes you just need a hole hunt. And this one's... Sure do. Sure do. Beautiful. Sure do. All right. So um, thanks again to our sponsors. Um, If you are new to the game, we are on Patreon. And if you're asking yourself, what's Patreon? Patreon is where we post the bonus content. Um, We're going to be having a happy hour. All right. This Thursday. All right. So I've been starting posting details on the Patreon page. Hopefully a lot of our Patreons can join our what we call Aspole Clan. 
Um, but yeah, if you like our content, you would consider supporting us for the price of a beer a month. You can get some bonus content, be eligible for free bags and other full cool stuff like that. We'd greatly appreciate it. You go to patreoncom slash big ass cornhole and you can check it out there. Sweet. Oh yeah. All right, folks. Well, stay tuned. We're going to be joined by Kyle Petering. Um, and we're going to do some dramatic readings, have some fun and talk uh, about a whole bunch of random stuff. Should be fun. I love it. All right. Well, as always, we hope you throw it straight. And it's nothing but four baggers from here on out. Cornhole it. Later. His poor defense at the end. Like that, we're recording now. We're God. live. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Just want to let you know. All right. Thanks, man. I was sorry. The replay of the Browns <laughs> game just happened where they had the Hail Mary. And oh, good Lord. Thank God Mooney's not used to like catching a ball that's like well thrown to him. So he's not used to throwing, like catching a ball at all. And uh, just completely botched it because he had it in his hands. And Dude, I was... I, I I pooped a little bit. God, I, I seriously it. did when when that hail mary fell in his lap. Oh my god! Well, anyways, um, <laughs> thanks for thanks for sticking around. We are joined by Mister Kyle Petering. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys? Good, good, good man. Uh, we 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 got to see each other like in person just yesterday. We were in uh, North Olmsted, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland for the December Cleveland Cornhole Regional. Um, how was your experience yesterday? Oh, it was good. It was good. It was actually, um, funny enough, like people that I've talked to just on the way home and stuff, it's actually, uh, a little bit more of, um, a better day for me, even though the PPR didn't really show it. Like I still felt like I threw pretty well. Um, like, Amen, I was brother. in Richmond obviously a couple weekends ago and I was throwing like, you know, nine sevens and nine twos and that, but like every single throw just felt horrible. And then all of a sudden yesterday just to start throwing. And I don't know if it was just the the lack of throwing because I just wanted a break or what it was, but I ended up throwing like an eight, six in singles, but obviously played pretty well and pretty far into the day. So it's, uh, I think sometimes when you get to that level, it just depends on who you play. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to play a guy like Chucky love, you know, where, you know, you're going to have to throw a real high PPR, like to kind of stay with them typically. I mean, or if you're going to play more of like a dirty bag player, I think sometimes that, it helps. Yeah. I mean, some of the boards were a little bit slower, but like other ones were, you know, pretty quick. Obviously board one was very fast, but at it the was. end of the day, like I felt, I felt like the throw was still better and contoured to both sets of boards. So I was actually pretty pleased with it. Surprisingly. I, I will say that when we first got there, the boards were super slow. I thought, and then yeah. I, th- it was weird. It was like, normally you'll have at a tournament, like boards typically get slower as the day goes on. They yeah. definitely got faster. Like it was super humid when we first got there and it definitely improved as the day went on. So yeah, that's good. It, it was definitely needed. I'm, I'm there was, there was a little bit of inconsistency depending on which board, but yeah, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't know if it was obvious, like overall really that bad. It but, wasn't. Uh, I mean, obviously the venue was good. Beer prices were good. Thank God. Yeah. yeah thank God. Part. Yes. Yeah, right. Correct. No, it, I thought the venue was good. Like it's clean. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, we have our, it, we're kind of segregated a little bit and like have our own area. Um, it's, it's nice. Uh, yeah, I like I mean, it there. Yeah. And I, listen, it's so close for us. It's 15 minutes from our house. So that's great. I love that. That that's, was the best part about it. Like you can't beat that. Um, I think the only one that's kind of a pain in the ass for us to get to is like East Lake. Yeah. It's just, just, we got to go through downtown so Cleveland. Get to the and Cause so you're, we're in Pittsburgh area. Are you? I'm downtown. So, oh, you're downtown um, Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, just right in the middle. I'm pretty fortunate. I'm Are you north of, side or south side? Or? Yeah, North Shore. Okay. So I'm All on right. North Shore. And um, it's just nice because I'm actually 
generally about 30 to 35 minutes from most of the blind draws during the week. And okay. the closest one to me is like 12 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know. It could be a correlation to the highways, but it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, correct. Yeah, your guy's highway system is just uh, interesting. Terrible. It is. It's just, it oh is. my God, it's so it, hard, it man. Be very bad. Yeah. If you know your yeah. way around, it's okay, but like you have to know your stuff because. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's sometimes absolutely. you're like, oh, I have to be over five lanes, like in a quarter mile. Like, okay, sweet. Like, this will be fun. Like, just kind of close your eyes and <laughs> pray and just kind of fear over. Hope yeah. for the best. Right. Hope for the best. So, right. um, all right. So, last year, you were PDC. Yeah. What was the experience like going through the PDC and everything? Like, did you. Did it live up to your expectations? Like, um, were you happy with the whole process of like, kind of like where you were at? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, so I got in on application, which kind of sucked. Cause I always told myself, like, I want to get in based on my ability to like be, be good. I, I want to get in based on my ability to be good at Cornell. And, uh, obviously just getting on application, it, it still felt really good because I could still call myself a pro. And that's something that I've been really trying to achieve, but obviously it was still kind of a weird, like asterisk type thing where I was like, ah, yeah, well, I mean, I got on, on a piece of paper or I got it cause I played an entire season and did so and so and so rather than just being like, yeah, I won a certain amount of games to get me there. Um, but as, as the season went and once I started going to the events, I just, was honestly pumped just to be a part of it. Um, obviously there's not a lot of people that just get to go there and even play and participate in tournaments there, uh, or throw bags there. So for me to do that was awesome. It felt great. It felt like it was a couple years kind of coming down to, to that final year, or, or I would say to at least that culmination of, of being a pro, um, being able to finally put some, you know, sponsors on the Jersey, some people that have kind of supported me throughout the way I've been able to kind of push them a little bit more with that, um, kind of overall credibility uh, For sure. of, of being a pro and being good at Cornell. So that's, uh, that kind of made me feel good, but, um, you know, a lot of things that I noticed, it was, it was just kind of strange as far as like the setup of the system. And yeah. I mean, we play at 8am on Friday. I have no issue with that. I mean, that's when else are we going to do it? So I, I don't really have an issue there. It's in the only thing that kind of sucked a little bit is like when you don't make it into the main bracket, you play in PDC doubles and singles, but it's like, this is. What just happened? All right. Well, I really hate um, the internet sometimes, so it just pops off, but we're back. So Kyle, you're kind of walking us through PDC a little bit from last year. Um, I think I'll probably retract some steps, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously we played 8am, um, and you know, we get to a point where you want to make that main bracket. And then did you you make any of the main brackets? Yeah. So I made one in Portland and, um, that was actually the time and I'll kind of, again, put a weird kind of asterisks on it, but it was that, that was when the most people were gone. So that was kind of the most spots available. Um, now I don't, the way I look at it is I was above the last spot. There were 16 spots. I was the 16th player, quote unquote. So I was fortunate enough to play Justin Burton jr. Off the rip. There you go. And, um, that was fun. I scored 12 points for me. That was an absolute win. I've never had probably more fun or a better feeling in losing than, than that. But, um, no, it was cool. It was a good time. But like I said, yeah, when you, when you don't make it, it, it feels weird. Cause like you kind of went all that way or whatever, you know, f- just to play in 
PDC singles and doubles. And that's always a good time, but it just, it doesn't kind of have the same weight. Um, but, uh, I did like what the ACL did as far as like, Hey, we do need to find a way to kind of get maybe some players that want the opportunity that are willing to travel, try to get them into that main bracket. I, I like that system a little bit more. Um, well, it give you guys an opportunity now, to throw against other high level players. Yeah like other players in the same situation that are knocking on the door of yep. being like that full blown pro, like you guys are getting five or six opportunities a year now to sit there and go throw against each other and beat each other up a little bit. And you kind of, right. if you know you're performing well there, then I mean, there's lines that are blurred right between the upper echelon of PDC and then the lower echelon of like the pros. Right. So if you know right. you're finishing up well with the PDC and you are qualifying for pro brackets, then like, you know, that like, okay, my game is where it should be. And I feel like I could kind of, you get that sense of like belonging, right? It's now no longer yeah. as intimidating. No, it was good. I, th- I think when I was in Portland, it's funny, like Eric makes fun of me all the time, but I tell him like, Hey, I was pro for, I was a full pro for a one weekend. You, you know? were like, hey. I, was, <laughs> I was a full pro for one weekend. And it was, uh, it's just, it's something that's kind of is, like I said, it is cool to say, but, um, I, I did like the system. I thought it was a good, good combination of allowing players to kind of jump in and, um, obviously they got rid of it now, but I think what the good way for them is, is using that kind of minor league system, not quite the team stuff, but just saying, Hey, we're going to use a triple a, if you will system. And if you do well over the course of the year, you just automatically get that bump rather than kind of just like, Hey, everything you did in PDC was, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be root, like ruthless about it, but it was like not a waste, but it was kind of just like, yeah, we did try to get this opportunity, but it's also like, I was in it all year. I finished probably in the top half of people, but now I'm just back to being an advanced player. So it's kind of like kind of strange in that sense. And I wish there was a little bit more reward for, for what I tried to do at least all year, or, or at least what a lot of the other PDC players did. And, um, Michael Clanahan's an example. He, I think he made like three brackets. Yep. He was fortunate that, you know, he actually made it through the pro qualifier, but if he didn't, like, you'd have to think about it that way. Like, Man, he played in three main brackets. He got all these pro points and, um, you know, still didn't even qualify or still didn't like technically wouldn't have played if he was there. A, was there an automatic pro. way for PDC players last year to earn a pro card? Yeah, like if like you finished like top. top oh, it was a top four. OK, so it's the top four of PDC players that earn pro points. OK, um, now that also is kind of weird, because if you look at the system, we played a adult male basically like, I don't know what 16 or 18 plus to whatever, 65 or 55. Then you had your senior division, you had your juniors and your women's. So even though we were still fighting for four spots, like overall through all the PDC, the women, junior and senior, in my opinion, by far had the easiest chance to get into the main brackets. hundred percent. Cause generally for juniors, like in Portland, I think there was four juniors, four or five juniors and like three of them made it in. So it's like, all right, well, how many, how many men do we have? We have a 24. Well, how many of us made it in? I think there was like seven or eight that made it in. Yeah. So it, it might've been a little bit more, but it was, it was kind of strange because the same kind of two or three women always made the main bracket, giving themselves that opportunity to always earn pro points where obviously we're fighting our, our ass off trying to get, you know, just into the main bracket for those pro points. And, um, you know, the road, the road was just a little different. Um, but I don't disagree with them trying to split it up, but at the same time, like it certainly wasn't always like fair or, or like kind of correlated 
or whatever you want to call that. So let's go so, in the, let's go in this minor league thing a little bit. So yeah. you're playing for one of the minor league teams this year, correct? Yeah. Yep. Which team are you playing for? Um, so I'm on the Philadelphia ringers. So obviously the Pennsylvania ringers <laughs> okay. affiliate. Okay. Um, and uh, so were they not allowed to pick a different name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Does Philadelphia not, not have so. anything but a fucking bell? Like, I feel like every, like, minor league affiliate, like, that's all, like, cornhole people can only think of, like, the ringer, like, the bells, like, oh, like it makes sense yeah. to cornhole. Like, I don't know. It's I mean, what's the Philly? Unoriginal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, all I know is, like, for us to make it all make sense and to be an affiliate of a team, we have to keep the same kind of nickname. Yeah, I get but it. But the city or state name would obviously be different. So, like, we do have a, a Syracuse ringers and, like, an Albany ringers. Okay, so let me ask you, what is, so you were PDC last year, so obviously mm-hmm. to do this minor league thing, you also have to do, like, the ACL Elite. What... What made it worth it for you? Like, why? Why? Like, do you have an opportunity to? Is it just that you have an opportunity to showcase what you can? Like, or if you do really well, like, are there automatic spots for you to go into a pro bracket or what? What is this? Yeah, um, this is a very loaded question. So, if I ramble, please let me know. Because I, I, I want to hear. I'm I'm, I'm interested. I don't know all yeah, this stuff. There, so, there's a lot of moving parts to this. So, um, as far as the quote unquote benefits of this. So they always said, like, you can get pulled up to the, your ACL team affiliate. So if, for example, I don't know, four or five or six people from the PA ringers don't go to a pro national or can't participate in a team's event, and you are then allowed to pull up one of your minor league team players that have an elite membership. Okay. Um, so that's cool. Um I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, obviously, I went to all the nationals last year. There was really never a time where there was more than three people missing from a team. Yeah. And obviously, there's there's subs of like two. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, well, the chance of that even happening, especially when you have three affiliate teams that they can choose from, you kind of go, okay, well, that makes sense and it does sound great but what is actually the likelihood chance of that and i don't actually think a lot of people know the percentage that percentage chance that's actually going to happen um but to kind of dive a little bit further um obviously it's just another thing having the elite membership gives you that opportunity to go play in those elite events to where you get to go play in a shootout or play in a main bracket mm-hmm. um now that was obviously $500. So for me, um, I actually still have a platinum membership. Um, and I'm playing on a minor leagues team. They changed that rule. I think a month before I accepted that my like spot, I guess on the team, um, from what I understand, they were hoping to get, uh, we had hundred, we had 80 PC players, we all pay well. If we all went to all events, we would have paid a thousand dollars. They got rid of PDC. They created Elite for five hundred dollars. Their hope and goal was to get one hundred and sixty-one players in Elite that would give them more than what they've earned off of PDC. So there is a little bit of a not manipulation, but it's kind of a money type thing where they're like, "Hey, we know we can make more here if we give more people the opportunity to make a pro bracket." Or whatever you want to call it. So that's kind of an. Under- well, if you're if you're a business, thing. why cap yourself? Yeah, you know oh, I mean, unless they're gonna du- unless they're gonna double the PDC amount, but then yeah. yeah, no, I I get it. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying yeah. it does make and, sense. And no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> it's I'm all for making that money, and obviously I don't blame them for trying to do that. It was just kind of strange that like 
that happened so quickly with the PDC to elite. Um, but to kind of tra- backtrack a little bit more. So there was, I think like, I think somebody ended up saying there was like 150 to like 160 players in the elite chat. And, um, there wasn't going to be enough people to make minor league teams, yeah. or many multi- minor league teams with only elite players like statuses. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just got the platinum membership, obviously for the stats and kind of what it brings. Um, and then I was able to kind of play on the team, but, um, I think Joe Harsh and like Joe Harsh being our start team captain and, uh, kind of him and Ruben a little bit core, core, um, coordinated. And they kind of came to a pretty good agreement of saying like, Hey, you know, we really, we really know that we have a good kind of top heavy, um, players that have been pros, um, for multiple years. So how can we put the best kind of six together? And, um, I think they did that to us, to, uh, to a great extent. And then obviously we have some depth players, depth players as well. Um, but like for us, I mean, and he announced it like our starting six, I feel like is some of the like best six players that we can. Is it the same format as ACL teams where it's like seven matchups of doubles? Yeah. So we actually only have six starters. Okay. So we play three games of doubles Oh, okay. and obviously it's just a, a match. So it's a two out of three. If you win two, you move on. Okay. And, um, how many total people can be on the minor league rosters? I think you can have up to 20. And, um, and you only six play per match? Yeah. So Jesus the Christ. kind of idea with that is because all these minor league teams events are going to happen at multiple different opens. Yeah. Your top three finishes count. So um, it's like, well, if I'm not going to Myrtle Beach, but if six of my other team members do we can put our team in there okay, and they can participate. Now, the thing that I kind of disagreed with a little bit, but it, it, it does make sense to, to the degree, but we ended up getting second in Richmond as our minor league team. We got second overall. We lost to I think rock Hill. Okay. Um, each team member that was on our roster, their names on the roster got like $43. Okay. Um, now there was only six people that played in that event and, I understand we're all like on a team and it is a team aspect, but at the same time, I was kind of like, I don't know if I really want to split with people that didn't go and it's not on them for not going. I understand circumstances. It was just like, Hey, we did put our money into this. We put our travel time into this. We're playing in the open. Um, you know, we should maybe get more of a cut or, you know, at least because we're going and you're only paying out 50%, at least have the payouts go to the people that were there. And then at the end of the year, if we end up getting second overall, yes, pay out the entire team. But for example, Rock Hill, they, um, I heard that they also got $43 a person because they have 20 people on their roster. Holy shit. Now I don't know how many people on their team went, but you got to think someone's sitting at home and they just, they get a, it's free dinner. Saying, hey, you have forty three. Yeah, you have forty three dollars in your ACL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was just it was For so me. strange. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was I was I mean like it was just so strange and I kind of get the whole concept of it and I, I listen think, I get it man it's I do yeah. get it I would say that like okay if you're a team member and you go to the open you don't get an opportunity to play but you still went to the open I think that right. maybe that you no yeah. yeah I think that would be okay mm-hmm. but I do I do agree with that sentiment I I can get on board with yeah. that okay. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what I don't understand is I I clearly saw a path for player development in the PDC. Mm-hmm. I I understood what they were trying to do, 
Um, I think that there could have been some things that work out, but I thought along that route, it made sense to me. What I don't necessarily agree with now is like this, how they're going about like this minor league process and like the elite thing. Um, it just, yeah. it looks too much sometimes like a money grab um, well, a little I, bit, yeah. but my thing is just separate, then just have separate tournaments then for like these elite or PDC type people, make it a completely separate yeah. weekend that, that you're qualifying. Yeah. Like why tie it into an open necessarily where it's already well, super crowded in the open. Yeah. I, Cause I'm like, I'm not going just to play in the minor league team. Like I'm going to go play in the open. Yeah, correct. I'm going to spend, you know, that extra $150 for two, three more events. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like the, I mean, the player development sense. aspect of it got lost. You know, that's, that's Absolutely. my only thing because gone are that um, you guys aren't going to get the opportunity every national now to go and mm-hmm. battle it out and, and like hone the skills. Like it's going to be off a little bit. So I don't know. It's just. Well, I think it's it's showing the hand of the ACL and the model that they're looking to build off of, which is teams. The teams model. Oh, 100 percent. So that's that's yeah. what they're going to move. I don't think it's any. I think we've been saying it for anymore. like the last like, two years. Yeah. Like that's kind of the route it's going to go. And yes, um, they've been pushing teams big time. Like CBS, like loves the teams thing. Um, one of the things that like, kind of threw me off was after Richmond. You know, they do the recaps and stuff, and they talk about, hey, here's who won this. Here's how much money. Here's who won this. They mentioned nothing about the AC, the minor league teams. There was no kind of recap about them. And I was like, just kind of, it, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. If we're being like, completely honest, if we're being way. completely honest, I didn't even know the first minor league team event had happened. No idea. Exactly. And I do this exactly. every week and I'm pretty plugged into what's going on in there. I had no idea that it even started yet. Um, I know they yeah. released a schedule and if I looked back at it, like, oh yeah, they did have teams event, but I, you, I couldn't find results unless like I would search for you and I could probably go mm-hmm. in there and find it that way. But yeah, yeah, they're not promoting. It just seemed weird. Like you kick off this whole thing, right? You change your whole format. You would think you'd want to stand behind it and like push it a little bit more, maybe promote it well, and, and hype like, it up a little well, bit. They're they're doing all yeah. these changes like within a year of all of it. Because like, so what they're, they're like this just year, coming up with it and then rolling it out. You don't have time to react and build the hype and stuff that you're talking I, I, about. This year is not just a showcase year for like television networks and everything. This is a showcase year for the cornhole community. This is a showcase year for those people that are like on the fence that like, I don't know if I really want to like put the effort in and like travel as much as you go play for a minor league team. Or if like they can seem like they put together a good product out there, it's going to be more appealing to the masses. And if they have the numbers behind it, then what does that turn into? That turns into, guess what? You have to have this elite status. Yeah, you have to, we have enough interest now that we don't listen. If you want, if you don't want to pay for it, then listen, John, John Smith, next up, next up, come on up. All right, there's going to be next. Yeah. They didn't have that feel this year. It's what it sounds like. So this year they're like, all right, let's open it up a little bit. Let's let everyone, let's just show everyone that like how cool this can be. And hopefully people will start to buy in. Then we'll, then we'll raise the prices. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of what it seems just, like. It, it just all kind of goes, it, it just all kind of trickles down. Cause it's like, yeah, you, you don't really see as much of organization for the minor league team thing, but then it's, I'm also kind of like, Who's actually running that? Like, who's in charge of it? And then it's like, okay, well, if one of the five names that we always hear about is in charge of that, then we go, okay, well, aren't they doing like this, this, that, and this, and that? And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, they are. Well, if one person's doing the job of five people, then you kind of like it trickles down even further and you go, well, now the schedule's not been put out yet. And like, I understand there's preliminary dates and locations and yeah. things like that, but like, we were told that the schedule was being worked on last year for this season. And 
we're in, we're, you know, we're the, the only thing they have out is an open that's a month away and the entire rest of the schedule isn't being released yet. And like the pros are being told, Hey, don't book anything yet, but we kind of have an idea of what the dates are. Okay. Well, that still goes back to the the promotion of everything, the promotion of the minor league teams, who's in charge of the minor league teams. Are they doing too much? Where's all this kind of coming from? And I just don't think there's enough people to, to kind of be running all this type of stuff or be in charge of all this stuff and actually put time and effort into it to make it work. Like this minor league team thing can be huge, but again, who's in charge of it? Who's in charge of promoting it? Who's in charge of talking to the players, the captains, where's all this coming from? Like the, just the transparency of it's just, just really not kind of there in my opinion. No, I, I do. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's, it's gotta be there. And listen, the lack of schedule, like in a timely fashion, doesn't just affect the players, but like, I, I, we wouldn't try to go to as many events as we can, but if I don't, if I can't work out my schedule in my life to kind of coordinate to it, a lot of times, like I'm finding out too late. Like I need like two, three months in advance. And I don't think like for a professional level game, like that should be already be done. A hundred percent. Like and they, I, they should be it, booking venues out like but way again, in advance. I feel like they maybe don't have the overhead to be able to book these I, it, things That's out the only thing that makes sense. Years in. That's like, the only thing that makes sense. Part of my issue too is like, I feel like there's not many repeat venues that they go to, no. which like, is weird, right? It's weird. I, I know that they're trying to spread the love and go to different areas. If just, you find something that works, exactly, then hone into it, man. With it, just yeah, there's no reason you to need to have. All right. You know who does that really well? And again, not to like compare them all the time, but like the TCL does a lot of repeat venues. Yeah, for a fucking reason. And guess what? You're familiar with the area. Like you, you figure out like the travel and stuff earlier, but. Like they just need to figure out like you have one on the east coast, you yes. have one south, you have one on the west coast, and then you find one in the Midwest somewhere, everyone's happy. Yeah. At like, least for nationals. And then when you find yeah. four have hubs, have hubs exactly for when nationals. So that those, we know it's like the it's like same thing with golf, like with the majors. Yeah. Right? Like well, maybe the golf's not the best, but like maybe tennis, right? For the majors, yeah. we know where the fucking venue's at. You know about right. what month it's going to be at, so we know like, yep. hey, like every January we're going to fucking Florida. It's miserable everywhere else. Everyone's going to go to Florida for national number one. It's always kickoff, and the next one's yeah. going to be maybe West Coast or Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then as the weather gets nicer, then it starts to move more towards their home base. Like I don't know. I just feel like yeah. event. I'm hoping eventually. I guess we're we're hoping all this stuff, and we've had listen. If we go another five years, maybe that's where we're finally at that point. Hope five it, years yeah. ago, there we're still light years away from where we thought they well, were going to be. Five years right now. from now, I think there'll be full blown teams, and like nationals will be a thing of the past. I hope in five years that teams yeah. are a real thing, and that there's actual organizations, and that pro players are being paid by the teams to then play. Yeah, that, yes, that's the that's dream. what I'm I hoping mean, for. That's- ideal because we want all of our players to get and i think it could be like a hybrid thing i think that the teams can pay some but then a lot of the and then a portion of their percentage of it's going to be from the winnings or how well that team does i think that's going to be kind of like a hybrid thing um i'm with you and i 100 percent agree with you the the problem is like where do you where does that pay come from the pay has to come from somewhere right Uh yeah it, it can't come from entry fees because then the entry fees are going to start trickling down to players. That no, I think eventually for the pro level, eventually you want it to be corporate sponsorship. Like that's what they yeah. need to have. Yeah. Like you need to have. Well, I'll even put this. You have the biggest logo across the chest on every single Jersey that we have. Yeah. What, how, what, how, where's the money coming from, from that? Like yours. I don't even know if we're still paying for ESPN broadcasts. Like we were, as far as I know, I think it was like a year or two years ago. There was a, it was a quarter million dollars to pay for an ESPN broadcast. Yeah. 
we were paying to get put on TV. Yeah. I understand like when you're doing that early, you're taking that chance, taking that risk. That's what the investor money is. The sponsorship money is. But now we're a couple years into this. We know that people want to watch cornhole, especially want to watch teams. So it's like, why, how can we not get the corporate sponsorships and the money to at least just cover the TV stuff? Because even then, like we saw our pro prize, our pro pool go down. It went from 1.5 to 1.25. And I think this year, I'm sure it's even going to be lower than 1.25. And like last year, we weren't even told how much it was going to be. And I think a lot of players had some issues with that. Cause it was like, well, why are we losing money? Like we're going year over year. The player counts growing. The game's getting a lot bigger. How are the pros not getting more money? And now even then with all these sponsors dropping off because of how much money it's going to cost them to be in or these bad companies to be in dude, like nobody's going to sponsor these players anymore. I think right now we're in like this, we're in like this crisis right now in cornhole, like, like financial wise, because I think the price of venues is astronomically high right now, sure. right? You can touch on this, right? Yeah. I mean, is that what you're seeing in the real world? Venue I mean, prices being higher it's, than normal? It's also people not willing to pay as well. I mean, everyone's pinching pennies, so it's just... Yeah. It's, it's a double-edged sword. Venues don't want to lower their prices. And, I mean, it's a standoff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, no, I get that. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. So you kind of... It's just a weird kind of time, but... It is. It just doesn't... You, you, you touched on the sponsorship stuff, right? Um, what was your experience like? All right. So you were PDC last year, you know, you made a pro bracket, you know, you can write that on a resume and use it as marketing stuff. How did you find the off season this year, like searching for sponsorships and is it still ongoing? Well, I mean, it's always ongoing. I'm always kind of here to, you know, try to promote as much brands as I can. And obviously if it makes sense, but there's a lot of times where like, you know, like obviously I'm, I'm kind of down to advance so that credibility that I might have is a little bit kind of lost just cause you don't have that title. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, if I like ultra, for example, last year, obviously I was with ultra last year, this year, I don't, I, I kind of am working with vortex a little bit with Timmy and Eric's and, and I really, I like those bags as well. So I tried to get into that some way, but like, I obviously I know the vortex guy's not, not paying and that's no, no issues here on my, on my end. But as far as ultra goes and stuff, they had like, 43 players last year and some of those players were getting pretty good money at least from a bad company and then kind of this year you know you're seeing a lot of players drop off um just because the bad companies can't pay they're they're paying more money either to be just a part of the acl uh, but they're also realizing that with in, in the most respect possible like these players just aren't worth there's a lot of players out there that don't do what I'm doing. And I'm not saying I'm the, you know, the most popular person in the world, but you look at Timmy, you go, okay, where's Timmy's value? Social media, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of eyeballs on him. He, he, people just scroll the for you page on TikTok and see Timmy Jonas and see Nicole and things like that. But it goes like, okay, well, you know, I'm not even doing as much as I should be doing where I should be posting on TikTok, posting on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. I'm just streaming all my games and that's cool. But like, the most I can do for my sponsors on there is kind of tag the, you know, tag each company, Yeah, you know, use their stuff and wear their stuff. And that's great. But again, you have to go to Facebook and kind of find me in order to find all that stuff. Well, there's so many pros and so many players out there that are trying to use social media now, but there's just no value in, in there's no value in a player that doesn't post anything. It's um, not just not and, posting things. It's about yeah. posting things consistently. 
You know I mean, right. having right. regular content out there mm-hmm. goes a long right. way. Like you can't just yeah. do like throw out like a random post because everyone's like, well, that's fucking weird. Yeah. And your shit's yeah. going to get lost. Like no one's going to see it. Yeah. If you're not posting somewhat regularly, like yeah. it is a, it's a fickle bitch. You got to stay on top yeah. of that stuff. And, and the weekend recaps are cool too, but you know, I don't know how many, I, I don't know how many people are going to go through and read that whole thing. Oh yeah. Cause sponsors are always the bottom. Sponsorships are great. But, yeah. Yeah. But it's great. They're there. And that's the important piece of that. But you kind of go like, it's, I'll just go back to bags. It's like, well, how many sets of bags do you think you really sold? Like the people that are getting into the game, I know at least for ultra, like the Viper R was the bag of the year. Like mm-hmm. every human had that bag. You ask somebody what the best bag is. People were saying Viper R. Somebody was just saying, you know, Hey, I'm a beginner. I just want to, you know, get into it. Okay. Here's these bags. So that might be worth it. But you like, they struck fire with that. Mm-hmm. They struck gold. They struck everything with that. That's, that was ultra's bread and butter. Now it's kind of like, all right, well, I'll, you know, I'll, there's other smaller companies out there. Like, you know, I think Baghdadi or big, uh, you know, dragon bags, for example, as well. Like I know what their bags are. I don't know the brand, the names of their bags. If somebody recommends, if I try to recommend bags, I don't know if I'm quite going there because I just don't know much about it, mm-hmm. but also there's not a whole lot of originality with these sets of bags now. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we're, the, all the value of all of these things are adding up to a point where like, it's just not becoming worth it to try to get all these players for, you know, 40 to 30 to even 20 K at this point. Um, like obviously I didn't, I think I was, maybe uh, through sponsorships, maybe got eight grand and I probably got one to 1,500 from my parents. Like, it, you know, it yeah, was yeah. like just that type of situation. And I was still a PDC player and I was still a low level player, but you got to think about all these other pros that have maybe been pro for two, three years. Oh yeah. You know, they're, if they're barely getting eight, hopefully that covers all their travel. Maybe, yeah. you know, they're just burning money because those low level players, a, aren't the ones playing on TV to show their face, but B, unfortunately they might not be good enough to even be in that prize money. But, it, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't correlate that way. It just doesn't really make sense for some of these bad companies or these sponsors to kind of get in there. Um, I think it's, it's going to be good to kind of hang on to, um, you know, those high level advanced players that do want to go travel and do want to participate in things. Cause it is eyeballs. It is showing some names. Yes. Um, you know, if they're just going and they're just making a post at the end of the weekend about stuff, you know, what's the value in that? Where is the value in that? It's not, it's not going to be as great as, um, you know, the high level of Timmy posting, you know, three times a week to even just me, you know, streaming every single game, basically every single weekend. But I've said it before. Cornhole will fail if it turns into, if the, I should say, if the pro circuit turns into who can afford to play or who can afford to yeah. be pro rather than mm-hmm. who are the best players. Because um, we want the best 256 players in the country, period. We don't want the best want that, 256 yes. players that can afford it. We want it right. regardless. So I hope right. it doesn't get to that point. I hope it at least gets to the point where every pro is, at least their travel and everything's covered. You know what I mean? If, I mean, yeah. it very, because you're losing money still. From PTO, from taking time off of work, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. you know, the social currency that you're taking as well, you know what I mean? From getting shit yeah. from family, from not going, you know what I mean? A whole bunch of different reasons, right. but. Um, oh, the sacrifice is insane. A hundred percent. It really yeah. is. And I get just it. To be, um, just to be mediocre is insane. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the fact that some of these guys like yourself are going to these tournaments every single weekend, like I maybe go to two opens a year. 
and yeah. like you go to a big event a year just in like and i'm like why can we talk about this every week yeah. like i can't i can't understand like how everyone is able to do this all the time like, it's, it's impressive man yeah. i i tip my cap to everyone that does it though i mean it's it's a it's a grind for sure oh yeah absolutely i mean like i just know even last year for me um, I mean, I'm four hours away from my hometown and most of the friends, but there was plenty of friends, birthdays, regular, just kind of parties that, that they would have time with even family that like, I wasn't going to, cause I had to go, you know, to Texas to play in a tournament or an open or something, because I have to go to those things in order to be a high level advanced player, very low pro player. Yeah. You know, like I can't the, like, obviously all the top guys, we know this now, but the ones that can make money strictly off Cornell are able to throw eight hours a day. And you know exactly who those people are. hundred percent. And, um, that, that skill gap is, is always going to be like that until the game has enough money to kind of cover some players and really show, like, I'll say this really show commitment to those pro players. Um, and obviously we don't have the transparency of dollars in and dollars out. And I'm not asking for the exact numbers and stuff, but in some way, shape or form, there needs to be more transparency from the ACL to all these pros to say, Hey, here's what we're doing with our money. Here's what we're doing with venues. Here's why we can't get to this point. Well, once we figure out how we can't get to this point of sponsors or investors or whatever it is, now we know what the actual issue is. Well, why can't we get there? Well, maybe the TV's not big enough or there's not enough people on social media. The game's not growing the right way. Once we figure that out, we can then take the trajectory up to there and then get those players eventually paid. But I just don't think right now, like we're going to be there. And I don't think we're going to be there in five years. The ACL needs, the ACL needs the team's broadcasts to be electric. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need killer matches. They need big shots to be hit. Um, I do think some of it is lost a little bit with the round limited stuff. Just being, just being a pure, because sometimes these matches are over in like three rounds. You know what I mean? Like they are yeah. professional players. Like they really shouldn't be giving up fucking sevens. You know what I mean? So if this team right. goes up by five with three rounds to go, they should be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. realistically, unless it's a cat and like, you don't always want to watch catastrophic meltdowns. are not always a great thing to watch. You know what I mean? Like, it's I not something that's personally, but I, I know, know, but it's not going to bring Sale like the average person favorite. back. The average person wants to see something that like, oh, I could fucking throw a bag off the board. They want to see, they want to watch stuff that like they can't do regularly, something yeah. that they can appreciate the skill for. Right. So if the broadcast matches live up to the hype and it starts bringing in corporate sponsorships, that's when I feel like then the sport can then take the next level until that point comes. Right. We are going to be stuck in this plateau where players we're trying to are scraping and clawing, trying to get any sort of sponsorship money from small businesses, because until yeah. we get some bigger corporate interest into this game, there's just not enough money. We're not golf. All right. For fuck's sake, we're not pickleball. Yeah. All right. 99% of us are blue collar people. And I'm not saying this is a negative thing. It's just facts. All right. We don't have these big money investors coming from the polo club that are going to just sink tons and yeah. tons of money in it. Yeah, I mean, but you got to look at like even how pickleball is doing. Like, for example, pickleball, whatever. Like, the courts are free to go play. Yes, they're already set. They're already out there. Or you can go play whenever, right? You just have to find the location. Yeah. Like with Cornell, like don't get me wrong. Like you can walk outside and go do that. The boards are four hundred dollars. Sets of bags are one hundred and twenty-five dollars to a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, if I like, I talk to people about disc golf. Like, I'm gonna have a disc golf guy. I love playing disc golf, but I know I can walk out, go to a park play for free and buy, I don't know, four 
$20 discs. Okay. I understand that's still $80, mm-hmm. yeah. but the whole aspect of my game as far as disc golf is there. I can go do that. I can go play for free by myself and enjoy that time. Like the amount of money that people are having to spend to play this game is is getting to be too much. And like I know we're the ACL is getting into, you know, the like academy sports and and I think dicks maybe, but like it's almost getting to a point where it's just too much because you can turn around on one shelf and see pickleball where you can buy three three balls for twenty bucks and a paddle for thirty and you go boom whole games right there, or you turn around and you go well those boards are four hundred dollars. I have no carpentry skills, so I can't build that. And then you go, okay, well, I need to make bags. Well, if I want to use something along with what the pros are trying to use, that is eighty. That is going to be eighty dollars. So it just doesn't. That, that those things just don't correlate as much. But also, when you watch pickleball on TV, there's to a certain extent a little bit more excitement than watching somebody throw fifty bags into the hole. Like, don't get me wrong, that's impressive. But if you're not in the world of cornhole, you kind of just go, man, this is kind of getting boring. It, like it can't. No, no, there is like the time. the high PPR stuff. It, again, if yeah. you're a cornhole fan, we've said it before. I can appreciate the hell out of watching you guys throw 50 Absolutely. bags in a row. I 100 percent get it. Absolutely. As a spectator, yeah, it's going to get lost a little bit. Um, I think sometimes, but um, that's what we've we've disagreed with Trey with that before on the show. Yeah, um, he thinks very much the opposite. Um, I think that I, like I just, the cool I, I shots. Can. I mean. It just doesn't make sense because it's like it's the same thing with soccer, right? I, I played soccer forever. When I talk to somebody and they go, "Why do you like watching soccer? It's boring." I go, "I go, dude, the art of soccer and yes. the beauty of yes. it is something that I understand. You don't understand it, so you can't appreciate it. So we just need people to be able to appreciate yeah. what cornhole is and what it can do for you. Correct. Yeah, it's a great week. And once you ball, start, once you but, start playing it, that's the thing, though. If we, right. that's the that's the entry in. If you yep. start playing, you go in your backyard and you're like, wow, I made one bag in four hours and I just watched the guy make 50 again. Then you start to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I hopefully it just it's, it captures somebody at least enough interest. I, I'm interested. Last week we talked a little bit about there's a, a dramatic reading about people bitching about like overall payouts. And I think you're you're coming from a completely unique end because you go to an event and you like kind of expect to win money. Where I go to an event and I know I'm basically donating to the pot. It's it's fine. I get it. But at the sure. same time, when I signed up for the league, when we're talking before podcast ever started, when we signed up for the Cleveland Cornhole League, not once did I ever think like, oh, we're gonna win money with this. No, it was that was like a, that was an trophy. added bonus. Yeah, yeah, I we're like I want the little trophy. trophy. God damn it! It was I was basically paying the league fee as a as like a thank you. Give me a space to go out, hang out with my brother, and be away from yeah. the wife and kids for a little bit. So yeah. what what are your thoughts about like the average player complaining about these leagues that like that the payouts aren't good enough and stuff? Do you think it's okay for these guys to run leagues and they're not have payouts at the end? Um, no, I think if you if you are going to pay money to play cornhole, you should get money back. Um, I, it, there should never be a situation, in my opinion. Do you still play soccer? Do you like play like rec? Do you still like mess around soccer, like adult leagues or anything? No, no, and that's and I'll be honest with you. Part of the reason is also that um, and because it's like it's cool. Like I played a lot of slow pitch softball, and I go to and I played leagues of slow pitch softball. Do you guys win money? But our leagues. Our leagues were just reps. We didn't get money. We got T-shirts if we won at the end, right? That's cool. Whatever. That's what yeah. you do in high school. You play for the T-shirts. Did you? Have like, to, did you pay for that league? Yeah, absolutely. I paid for the league. I paid to be a part of that. I, that. But those are my practice reps, kind of how I would see like blind draws and stuff. 
But I knew at the end of the weekend, like when we played on the weekend, that's where those league reps were counted. The problem is these people that are going to blind draws and leagues and stuff like that, you're not playing at opens and you're not playing at conferences maybe. Maybe you play in a regional. But again, the, the only way that you can make money is by being you know, the best of the best at that location. Um, and it just doesn't make sense. And I, but I do need the payouts to happen. And I understand like, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you do want to rent the space from wherever you're playing, but at the same time, like if you put a couple extra hours into it, you can find those locations that say, listen, on a random Tuesday night, I will bring you 40 players. I will bring you 30 people into your bar that will more than 75% will drink your alcohol and they will eat your food. And that will at least get you to cover whatever electricity you have to use for this room and the and probably some. Like on Tuesday nights, me and Keith Jackson, we started running something at a lo- local place here. And like I, I believe we kept that dude through COVID because we brought – 30 to 40 players there yeah. because there was nowhere else to play. And we kept that business going. And it's just like, why, like the opportunities of that are out there to then not have to pay for the venue. So then you can pay out your players and you can pay out that night, you know, 90 to a hundred percent or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I just think at the end of the day, like it, it, there's just a weird correlation between how much money do you want to charge people versus how much are they actually going to get back? And then it's kind of a question of, do you only pay out top three? Do you pay out all five? I think Ruben does it kind of a very different way. Like the majority of the money for the open division gets paid to the top players. Like, you know, generally he'll pay top five in the open. Um, But what he'll say is first place in open will never make less than first place in advanced. Now there was a situation, I think in October, November, where he had to pay out like 16 to 18 to 20 people in a lower division because first place was was going to get more money than the first place in open based on the way the payouts were structured so he broke it down to go i'm going to pay out as many spots as needed in order to make sure this stays under this okay but at the same time i sat there and argued with him i think you need to take all the money i think you need to take everybody's everybody's paying take your take your cut whatever that cut is then you disperse it between the open you know advanced competitive and intermediate and i understand there might be some people that probably don't go anymore and that's where the regional directors make their money like ruben makes his money or makes his you know his money he doesn't like take no no i I get what you're saying yeah right he makes it off the low level players he doesn't make it off the open players he makes his money off of those competitive and intermediate players and we've had times where, you know, an intermediate singles bracket goes for six hours. But again, and that's a situation where he had to pay 20 people to make sure that they don't make more than the next division up. But again, it's just there's just never really like a golden rule for how cornhole should be played. And but at the end of the day, like this game is very different from like what the NFL would be. NFL players are the top 1% of football players. Right. Well, if you just said, hey, we're going to strictly take their structure then you're only going to pay the top 1% of cornhole players, which in correlation could be all of your pros. But at the end of the day, when you go to an open that have 800 players and you pay that, you know, top one or top 10% or whatever it is, you're only paying a total of 80 players. And then it kind of gets a little sketchy as far as the numbers. So it's, there's just not a golden rule to do it, but I also don't think enough people have sat down to have those conversations. And if they have, we haven't really heard about it. And 
I, I don't know if it takes a vote amongst the pros. I know that the pros got to, let me phrase that the, the glorious pro committee got to make their payout structure or got to vote on the payout structure for the pros for last season. That was great. And I think everybody was relatively happy with how that worked out. So then you, you kind of go trickle down and you go, okay, well, how do we make a golden rule? Cause in some way, shape or form, there needs to be some sort of golden rule or formula in order to pay out these people. And I just, I don't know if it's ever going to be there cause it doesn't, it is situational, but some things make sense in certain areas and other payouts make sense in certain areas as well. So it's just, I think at the re difficult. I think at the regional level, I don't think that intermediate should have a cash payout. Um, I, mean, yeah. I think that's a way of also promoting people to move up skill level. If we're being completely well, honest, I don't think you should have a cash payout for intermediate or competitive. And I also sure. don't think that that money should just necessarily just be added to the open division just because like we're the best. Like I'm sorry, like if I'm an intermediate player, I'm not there just to fucking fund your 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 job. Yeah. All right, like you guys can go compete the... for your money against you. I'm okay with the guy that was there at seven in the morning setting up the fucking boards and then sitting behind a right. desk and running the tournament. I'm Taking okay with him money. making some like, money yeah. off of the intermediate people. He does not. I, I'm sorry. There's no fucking obligation to have to then push money into the pro pool or like the open pool like that. No, like that. It just now if they now if the way. director wants to, if they want to yeah. do entice more like talent coming in, I think that'd be great. Like I think that's yeah. an opportunity. But ACL also has this model of the points where if you're a pro level player, like you're seeking those points just as much as you are money. So. Why sweeten uh, the pot? I mean, you sure, need sure. the points. You need the points. Yeah, you're going to go. Yeah, you're, you're going you're no matter go. what. You're going to go no matter what so, the payouts are. You're still going to go put your time in. So, To a certain extent, I'll agree with you. Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, I mean we all know people that are going to... There's so many layers, yeah. There's I mean, there's so, so many, many people I saw in the top, the conference oh. top 100 jerseys yesterday rocking out. Yeah, I'm just But I'm like, man, I should yeah. play more often, man. I'm just really tired of the... <laughs> I feel like I, I see all these posts of directors getting the short end of the yeah, stick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I do want to stand up for a little bit. Like, there is a lot of fucking work that goes into putting and this, that okay, shit Okay, ultimately, on. can I just butt in before I forget yeah, real quick? Yeah, you're good. So I was going to say before, when it comes to the leagues, what I'm afraid of is if we keep going this route where there has to be payouts at all these leagues and even like the lowest levels, I'm afraid that we're going to run out of people that want to run fucking leagues. Because ultimately, if you're not making a, enough money to make it worth it. Why are you doing it? Like just for yeah. the love of it. Listen, if you have a director that's doing it just out of the goodness of their heart, because they love being out great. You found yourself a good one. Me personally, if I'm going to do that and put all the time at work, I better be getting something financially out of it. Yeah. So I think it's okay. And if we don't get to that level, it's just not worth it. It's not worth all the work. Yeah. It's not. Well, I, I, I agree. Yeah, and the, and let the and we don't want directors to go away, folks. If directors go away, we don't have any place to play. You made it. You said it before. Like, you can go play disc golf. You can go play pickleball. You could do whatever. You can go fucking bowling if you want. Yeah. All right, if the bowling alley is open. But for Cornell, if we don't have someone there that's like setting up and running a tournament for us, we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, but we honestly, don't. like Cornell venues are fucking closing. Look at whole nine yards, right? All right, shout out to whole nine yards, real fast. Yeah, it right, breaks my fucking heart because I wanted to go out there so bad, and I'm trying to find out what happened. But they they closed and it looked epic and we were I loved that was like our champion right it was whole nine yards it was like that's what everyone wants you know yeah. we all want that in our Cornell community we want that cool fucking restaurant like everyone has a buddy in their crew that dreams of opening up a Cornell bar we all have that guy right everyone knows somebody that's looking for a space to open it up they did it and they looked like they did it right and they did it well and they were doing well it looked like they were busy for a while and then they fucking close so that worries me yeah. like I I think that is a 
big red flag for future investors right now currently and we need to do something fast or five years from now we're going to be at the same fucking spot we're at now and if that's the case i don't think we're ever getting out of the hole i think we're going to be just kind of here forever yeah and like to all the players out there we are like if, if directors can take home more then guess what the venues become a little sweeter the products around you become a little sweeter yep everything improves around you you would hope right it should. We're giving the you know, I'm yes. I'm saying exactly. giving the benefit of the doubt that's for what, as a player that that's sport. what you can then expect yes you expect yes. it to Correct. improve a little bit each time and then soon enough like your regional could look like what the TCL has been doing well speaking like, of all this stuff and running tournaments I think this is the perfect time to jump time? into our dramatic reading yeah we got it this is just too perfect so let's just uh, let's do it can I, can I read that one you want to read it yeah do oh, all right all right. I'll let you do it. I do. Just let uh, me know. Uh, just let me know when you're ready. Yeah, we just pull up the old photo. Ready? Yeah. And this dramatic reading is brought to you by Big D Bags, right? Big D Bags. If you're a fan of Big Ass, you might as well have a Big D in your hand. Damn All right. right. And we, we uh, just reviewed, we reviewed the, the dude. And uh, oh God. yeah, I, I it, listen again. If I can throw a bag well and it goes in the whole lot, just imagine what you can do with it in your hand. All right. So check out uh, bigdbag.com. Um, I highly recommend the dude. They're no longer TCL stamped. All right. Those are long gone. We have one of the last of the Mohicans right here, but they are ACO stamped so and unstamped. Offer. So go to bigdbags.com and check out their bags today. Beautiful. Oh yeah, let's do it. D bags. Don't be one. Throw one. And where is? Ooh, can Sean find it? In a world where being bags have brought men to their knees, social media serves as sanctuary for keyboard warriors. Time for the dramatic readings. Addicted to cornhole. Jason Mileta. I would like to publicly apologize about the Cornhole Resort weekend event this weekend. I was hired by the quote-unquote resort to run the Cornhole aspect of it, and I had nothing to do with the payouts or the money. I have decided to cancel the event tomorrow and will not be going back after they shafted the payouts today. This quote-unquote resort was a fraud. No heat, no TVs in rooms, mold, and no amenities, and their website makes it look like a five-star resort. I sincerely apologize to those affected, and I'm hoping they make it right. Just so everyone knows, I lost money going there and will not be going back tomorrow to get paid because of what they did today. Okay. Um, shut the fuck up. Like, are you serious right now? This is the same dude that was part of the MLC that was on the show, right? Yes. Um, um he's with, the, uh, you know, he's the 19 year old, you know, that apparently, you know, the 40 year olds, like some that a, a 20 some year old yeah. can't do. Well, but he was, but that guy was like a 40 year old prodigy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, <laughs> Shout out to grandma. Yeah. So I actually, I, I did comment right away on that. Oh. Um, so I just said, uh, Whatever this dude touches turns to shit. <laughs> I mean, and, so this is uh, yeah, this is just, through. So if you are listening to this, and this is through Jersey Jay's cornhole, right? Yes. So he's apparently been running events since 2018. He has like 300 followers on Facebook, but he's constantly been linked with shady shit 
for the last two or three years. This guy, and I don't understand how this guy still is out and about. He's not like he's not even of legal drinking age, as far as I know. How the first is, like, the first time Jason Maletta came money? across was he sent me a message on Facebook with information about a big, huge cornhole tournament he's throwing in New Jersey. Right, mm-hmm. so he reached out, was trying to find sponsorships. First thing, he didn't even know what like what we were. Had never listened to the show, but he made me this whole big sales pitch. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know. Like, we have no mutual friends on Facebook. Like, this seems weird, man. But um, good luck with the tournament. Yeah. And I'm not going to sponsor it because he was asking for a decent amount of money. Yeah. Now, if it was a reputable tournament that I knew that a lot of people were going, all right, maybe I consider doing one of the sponsorship packages. But, like, he wanted, like, five grand. And he's like, so your name will be on a poster and stuff. All right, sweet. Yeah, like, how thanks. many how many players do you have signed up for right now? He's like, well, registration's still ongoing. I'm like, yeah, I, I, that's not my. Yeah, I want. How many question. do you have pre-registered? You Just would it? never answer a question. So fast forward, then we find out that he's part of the MLC, like one of the 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 two, the dynamic duo, and then he somehow stays out. He's too dumb and stays with it instead of taking a buyout. Apparently, yeah. stays on, and then it crashes anyways. Everything this kid does is a, is a scam so far. So far, it seems that way. And like, I would if you are if you happen to listen to this, all right, small chance. I would love for you to come on the show and defend yourself. Yeah, I, I 100%. will come on. I I would love that so much for so you to Sean, come on the show and defend. Let me yourself. ask you this: so you get ring ring the the resorts calling you, being like, "Hey, Sean, can you put a cornhole tournament on at our very fancy resort?" Yeah, sure, sweet. All right, like here's our name. We'll we'll hit you up. Yeah, you wouldn't once type that fucking thing into Google. Yeah, the fact that the he first trip advisor review October oh, twenty twenty three. Yes, stay there with the group. First thing that we noticed how dirty the floors were, and then noticed there was no TV. Front desk said they had them removed for a prior group. The mattress had mold on it. The pictures will tell the rest. Tip: Hot tubs were not operating, and the indoor pool was cold. The second review, huge potholes everywhere. Our bathroom toilet was disgusting and not cleaned. No heat, no hot water in the room. We had to use a space heater. No TV or Wi-Fi. No bar or restaurant open like it shows on the website. No spa, no horses, junk outside everywhere. Hotel had a security guard that sat at the lobby desk with an assault rifle, which is pretty odd. This place is horrible. Do not waste your money. Nothing like the pictures on the website. Yeah. And that's from December 2023. Yeah. And so, okay. So, and then there were some people. So actually I got alerted to this by shout out to Tom stranger. Sent me this, uh, shared a post that somebody had put up there. Um, Bob Baker said he won a tournament with Christina today. Didn't get the payment. The venue posted and the dude with the boards took off like his trailer was on fire. Yeah. So as soon as double, as soon as doubles was over, he hightailed it out of there. He knew exactly what the fuck he was doing there. He was boasting. I think it was like a thousand dollars for first, for yeah. singles and doubles. And then the rumor was that like singles were away. And then he graciously let everyone know I'm going to cancel singles because they shafted us and I'm not going to go back for my payment either. Well, what about all the registration fee money, man? Yeah. Like that, that's still in you your know, account you though, right? Peel it out in your truck. And yeah. So he's just a piece of shit. So we should just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we should just highlight that Jason Miletta. All right. So it's J A Y S O N M I L L E T T A. I believe it is, or maybe it's Something one T like something. That, but- 
uh, something like that. But Jersey, man, get your shit together. I, you guys are claiming him, apparently, or he's claiming you guys. Yeah, so I don't really know if that's... Uh... We need to get this guy away from the Cornhole community. He's not good for it. Um, I did say, see somebody posted about a league that he ran. I will say the one shining light for that is that he did run a league and he did post on his flyer that there was no cash payouts. It was okay. a, it was a social league. That's fine. If you're being upfront, that's fine. Social league. People want to join, join in. You're giving them a free time to get out of the house. I'm fine with that. Give them a trophy at the end. Sweet. That's fine. But if you're posting a tournament that with big cash prizes, Dude, you you can that is such a bad look, and you are now blacklisted, sir. Yeah, and unless I know you want to come on the show and defend yourself and make up some fucking bullshit, I please, yeah. please come and on it the could show. Nerve wracking. If anyone's know, listening like, to this and they know him up. personally, please let him know that we would love for him to come on the show. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Let's review, and then I would love to know if he's involved with the NACA, the North American Cornhole Association, because that would just you make mean the league that just that Dwayne's would just about be to great. go take over God, and that light would just on be fire. Great. Yeah, you almost took. So we had a NACA match. First ACL. Yeah. So we had North American Cornhole Association represented by Dwayne going up against ACL pro Eric Anderson. And it was closer than you might think, folks. You were on or Dwayne. I'm sorry. Dwayne was off to a hot start. You were. Yeah. You were. uh, were, Yeah. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, I mean, the ACL prevailed. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Had a little traction early on and it went there. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to go to fun random shit. The other um, question I had, uh, the dramatic reading was similar to about the sponsorship stuff. We already covered it. We don't need to go into that stuff again. So before we get into that question, I I have a good fun random. Oh, please. Okay. All right. So um, you're trying to one up my last week one. Last week's was good. It was good. This one. This one's just kind of fun cornhole related since we have Kyle here. Um, All right. So you just get a you get to pick your team name. For the Philadelphia Ringers instead of the Ringers. Can we all come up with a better freaking name? Right now? Yeah. Okay. Right now. So you okay, so you can pick and it doesn't have to be the Ringers then. Yeah, I just okay. I hate the fact that they're all using the same name. Like the Akron like oh, yeah. rubber ducks, like they're an affiliate for the Cleveland Guardians. Why can't they just have a different name? It's another avenue for more merch, all different kinds of stuff to do. Like you come up with a sweet name for the team that you're on. Like Philadelphia Assholes? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's... Like something that's, fitting. Yeah, that is a bummer that I was on the Philadelphia team. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's. That, we'll call that one a loose yeah. one. And you're, yeah, you claim you're that. Are you, you? Yeah, you guys get to claim that. I think, um, like... I mean, why couldn't they be... Why couldn't they be, like, the Philly Fanatics? You know? And, like, yeah. Talk with the Phillies. Be like, hey, we just want to use your... your they want to stay corny, guy. though. Like, what's cornier than the Philly Fanatic? Yeah, what they the hell say, is he? Um... The, the Philly Pushers. <laughs> How about the Philly Redenbachers? Why? Like Orville Redenbacher. Popcorn. But, but corn. <laughs> Come for a circle, Sean. <laughs> hey, I'm with that. I'm with that. Mr. Right? Rogers? <laughs> no, it's Orville, Sean. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I'd have to think about that one. Um, yeah. What's yeah. the secret behind Pop Secret? I don't know either. I don't know either. So I was pretty excited about this question. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to start off with Kyle here. All right. This is an either yeah. or question. All right. Okay. Friendly aliens offer to you show you the galaxy, but you can never come back to earth or aliens abduct you for a week of medical experiments, but then you can go back to your regular life. Hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I good. mean, I love it. well, so there's good. just so much room for imagination. There is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, like it's, it's hard because you like, you leave your whole life behind. Like, I think if you asked me later in life, I would have gone with the first one. 
just because I've lived life, but I'm 28. <laughs> He's so like, I still have so much to live for. He's like, when I'm old as shit yeah. like you guys. He's like, yeah, fuck, yeah. this is going to change everything. I would say that. I mean, I need, like, even older than you guys. I'd be like, oh, man. I'll use, I'll use Ruben's age, for example. Ruben's like 57. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's like 50, but still. If I was like, <laughs> he's if shit. I was over 50, I feel like I would take the first option. But because I'm younger and I don't know what the medical experiments are, it's definitely butt I'll stuff. Just, <laughs> It's definitely I mean, butt stuff. Listen, I ain't gotta say what happened. As you know, I just come back. Like I don't say anything yeah, about. Would it. you be? Would you be one of the guys that talked about it? Like I, I know. Right? Would like you? would you be like I got abducted? They probed me. Like here's <laughs> no, what happened. Your life is over then, because everyone yeah. thinks you're crazy. Or you make millions off of the other crazies with you. I mean, there's plenty of them out that's there true. too. That's a good point. You could be their leader. Yeah, you'd be like, you see these three you dots could, in my arm. You could. Yeah, that's where they leader. injected me with things. Where, all right, so what's, like, what is your answer? So I'm slightly older than this man. <laughs> slightly. Um, it's just, it's sad because like I know it sounds corny, but like I wish I could bring Amy with me, <laughs> like on the trip. But um, dude, I think I'm I think I'm going with him. I know it's. I know it's. I. I. I, I I'm such a sci-fi nerd that I'm like, just show me the great frontier. All right. I it sounds see so terrible because I have like that... a wife and kids, and I'm like, I just never see him again. Like, oh. can I bring my cornhole boards? Maybe there's another. <laughs> maybe there's another dimension that like my life is exactly the same. I can just kill that Sean and just, <laughs> step on it. Step on it. It'll be good. You know what I mean, like you never you know. Go. There's so many different possibilities. Um. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of room for imagination. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you. I think I would have to go see the galaxy. And then just try to smuggle my boyfriend kids on just to save face. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just gotta completely. Just, I mean, just think of the things you could see. Like that's the possibility yeah. of the, the things you could see. Yeah. And honestly, just the fact that aliens are the ones that are taking you. Like you're not just like in a ship with a bunch of humans going out there. Like these are people that have actually seen other planets. Then hell yeah, like let's go see what they've seen. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I've seen Star Trek, seen Star Wars, like, heck yeah. Like, if I can go, like, ride around on some badass, like, floating scooter or something somewhere, like... Go the real cantina? Yeah. Guess what? No other human could say they did that. All right, Dane. You're a billionaire, but you only get to live 10 more years. Or you have no money, penniless, but you get to live to the age of 99. Dude, let's party hard to give me 10 more years. Amen, brother. Let's go, man. Right. Life's I'm too short out. already. Yeah, yeah I'm those ten years, like I wouldn't remember <laughs> half of them. But Jesus, man, it would be a great yeah. fucking. Well, I time. think, man, I'm like I've been around for 37. Right, so yeah, 37 years. And I'm like 47 is a respectable like heart attack death if you <laughs> live hard. That. But I'm like, it's taken a long time to get to here. Ten more. I mean, that's a third of my almost fourth. Yeah, we're good. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, ball out. And I oh, mean, yeah. if you're a nice guy, you leave a little. You know, for the family to be taken care of, just knowing that you're dead in ten years, yeah. like I'm gonna have twelve yachts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have yachts that stretch from the Atlantic coast <laughs> to England and just walk across them. <laughs> all right, Kyle, I like this like one. That. I like this one for you. All right, yeah. Would you want a flying robot that cleans your house, or a five star chef robot that cooks all your meals? Uh definitely the five star chef. Really? Like, okay. I, so the glorious city of Pittsburgh has supplied me with $1,250 of rent and uh, <laughs> I live in a luxurious 400 square foot apartment that takes two minutes to clean. That's city so, living right there. I 
will yeah. I will take It's got a nice patch food. of land. <laughs> I need the food. I'll, I'll say I need the I need the food cuz I need it to be better food for my health. Fair enough. Cuz cornhole makes me fat. Yeah, it's not exactly like a, a real I don't know what you, uh, Why are you staring at us when you say that? <laughs> it was weird. Locked eyes. Look at me because I'm like, man, the can't the downward camera angle probably isn't the best choice. But um, sorry, we're not using you your video. It's okay. Yours is, yours is up here. You guys look better than me, so maybe maybe next time I'll have to like tape it to the tape it somewhere higher. There you go. What about you? I'm, yeah. I'm for me personally, just because I spend half my day today cleaning my fucking house because my kid, yeah. I like it looks like a, bl- a bomb blew off. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going with the cleaning one because I, I like cooking sometimes, and I can go out to a restaurant every once in a while. And, yeah, I don't know. I think I would take the five star chef. Really? Okay, I'm surprised. I thought for sure. I'm I, like I thoroughly. But you want enjoy, that fine dining, good food. Yeah, like, that, you. like you're I talking you. five star. Like that's a different level. Like, but then do okay. I mean, I guess. It, which all universe we want to live in? It, are we? Do we still have to supply this robot with the food, right? Or does which, it just come like just food included? I, mean, I think, think that is, changes. If it. you're a five star chef, I could give you Cheerios and a stick of butter, and you're going to give me something <laughs> incredible. All right, you're a five star <laughs> chef. That is right? your challenge. <laughs> I like the cleaning supplies, and they come with the cleaning supplies. That's true. That's a good point. So, That's a good point. And honestly, if I have somebody cooking for me, I have more time to clean or just sit around doing nothing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I game, I'd be your game. Very sure. I would love to do that. Yeah, I would love that. Dane, I think this one's a little trippy. All right. All right. You occasionally wake up not knowing who you are. Or you frequently wake up not knowing who anyone else is. Oh, that is trippy. Right? Sounds like a 50 first date situation. Right? It's kind of a, uh, yeah. I think it would be uh, it would be funnier if you woke up and didn't know other people. It's like you wake up and like you see Val and you're like, ah! <laughs> like <laughs> who are you? <laughs> um. It's just me. Like, why just, are you changing right in front of me? <laughs> when you actually think about not knowing who you are, that is a really hard thing to wrap your your brain around. I think a lot of us can say we don't. Sean, we're not getting philosophical. This is like at the if you watch me like play. If you watch me play this weekend, that's it. all I have. Okay. <laughs> if it wasn't 11 p.m., we could go down that road. Brother. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> conversation about that. Um, I, I honestly think I would go with the first one. I would go with not knowing who I am. Me too. Because like at the end of the day, somebody can call me on the phone, caller ID, I'll answer it, and somebody says, hey, you play Cornell every weekend, and I would go to that place. And then the moment I throw a bag, I go, oh, okay, all right, I guess this is what yeah, I Yeah, this is at least familiar. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Or, I agree. Or it would just be like something that like comes so naturally because you would think it was naturally, even though it, there's obviously so many years. You, I think I could do this. And yeah. you just somehow figure out how to do it Correct. again for that day. Have you guys it's ever very, seen the movie Memento? Confusing first hour. I don't Was know that? if I have. Have you ever seen the movie Memento? No. It's a super mind trip movie. Watch it and it yeah. might make you change your answer because he does have like amnesia, but it's a short-term memory loss. So he mm-hmm. just tattoos himself with everything to tell himself who he is when he wakes up every morning. I feel like a tattoo would be a little unnecessary. You could probably just write it down, but I get that. <laughs> well, no, because he uh, he just wakes up in random places all the time and like can't figure it out. And, like every time he wakes up, it's like a new mystery of trying to figure out who wow. he is. Like it's like a crazy mind trip movie. I highly recommend it. We're we're gonna end with a banger here. But right. for me on that one, oh, I'm, yeah, going which, the other, I'm going the other option. Okay, not knowing who other people are. Yeah, okay. I think it would just be funny. <laughs> like okay. you get so used to it after a while, you'd be like, oh shit. 
Another, another, another stranger yeah. in my house. Why am I standing here talking on a microphone? <laughs> oh, I have a dog. <laughs> it is kind of, that's true. It's almost like meeting people all over right? again. Yeah, I don't mind meeting people. Yeah. All right, last one here. You're stuck in wet jeans for the day, or you're stuck in a wet turtleneck sweater for the day. Uh, <laughs> like, I'd shave like a mug, so give me the turtleneck. You think? Yeah. yeah. Even around the neck and dude, everything's wet jeans, all wet? Have you ever been to Cedar Point oh, I know. after you go to just trying to make a counter River argument Falls, for it, but. And you try to walk around that like within 30 seconds. <laughs> the yeah, friction? I'm yeah. taking a shirt. I'm taking the turtleneck for no yeah. question. As uncomfortable as that is, that's how bad wet pants are. Yeah, I dude. completely agree. Yeah. Especially like thick thighs. Oh, like, yeah. dude, those those should not rub together when they're wet. I I suffer from that as well. Some someday we'll all squat together. So you put like put a little powder down there. Well, you're honestly, popping out pancakes. Well, yeah, fuck powder. <laughs> like at that point, you'd have to like put oil yeah. down there. <laughs> so start a grease that's fire. All. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll give a not. A uh, free shout out to Astroglide um, <laughs> for fat men everywhere. If you struggle with chafing while you're sweating, get yourself a stick of Astroglide. Runners use it for their nips and uh, other friction spots, but it works well on the uh, inside of the thighs while you're walking in the heat. Nice. So just you know, next time you're trolling around Disney World or something, pick up a stick. It's Hell yeah, well worth it. Hell yeah. All right, uh, Kyle. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure having yeah, you on. Man. Love getting like uh, you're you're at like a really unique spot. Like you know, what I mean, like in your in your journey. So I think it's always interesting to get. And you're uh, yeah. somebody that kind of stays up with everything, like policy wise, which is always yeah. super helpful as well. So I don't know. I've kind of always sat here. Like I, I have a master's degree in sports management. Little self pat on the back. Yeah, like, yeah. The point of that is like I feel like with the education and the places that I've been to where I've been on kind of both ends of the spectrum. Um, I've always kind of felt like I've sat in that area where I can make good changes or like I can, I can at least speak on asking the right questions. And I've interned for a sports agency here in Pittsburgh, like NFL guy, like the business sports business to me, that's what I truly love talking about and like going through Yeah, and like, I have such a passion for Cornell. Like I want to put both of those things together. Um, and I've told so many people, like if there was ever a time when this players association becomes a thing or, you know, the ACL needs to start thinking about the players more, obviously they do, but like if there ever becomes a time where that becomes a situation and there needs to be like the head of that, that I'm, I'm doing everything possible in order to do that job. Well, I yeah. think Jason Milet is like, looking for a new partner. <laughs> Yeah, I hit him up. Talk to that guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I probably won't talk to him. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just always like, I'm for everybody, man. I, I want everybody to get their cut. I want the ACL to get their cut. I appreciate everything the ACL does, but at the same time, like, I, ju- I just want all these players to succeed. And the more effort you put into it, like, you are going to get out of it. And that's like my whole goal. And I just think there were things that I went through last year in the pro pro division, and there's things that I saw as an advanced player where I go, hey all of this stuff is not right. You're not going to see improvements in the league. And in order to have improvements in the league, we need to find a way to put somebody in front of every single player, take all of their comments, questions, concerns, and just be able to answer that, bring in ideas and just make this, not even just ACL, but just the world of Cornell, just better. Yeah, I I just don't think anybody, anybody has done that yet, but I also think there's a, very, very, very short leash that the ACL puts on anybody that is allowed to be in that position. Okay. Um, and I think that's what needs to change. And I just think that 
it's going to bring more more satisfaction from the players. But one day I hope to be a part of that in any capacity. Oh yeah. So hell I do yeah. Appreciate, like the conversation that we have. Of course, about, man. Obviously, and I just like is, speaking uh, to interesting not. people that are well spoken. You know what I mean? Like, and you have a good understanding of everything. So you know the conversations are always easy flowing. This guy's and, finger on the pulse. Well, it, it's know? nice when we can have like two, like really two subject points and like cover yeah. an hour. Yeah, you know I mean For that's sure. great. Yeah. Like we're not nitpicking and having to go in everything. So I, sure. I, I mean I our interview is way longer than our portion. Yeah, I was to say it's great. It was we great. just had to talk about us yeah, winning I'm one match saying, in I'm open. Not, Boom. Let's go forever. But Let's go. I'm just I'm just trying to be here and provide some some more people to start asking the right do you know what's fucked up is hell yeah we won more games in open doubles than we won in competitive doubles yep that's pretty fucked up if that doesn't show you what's wrong with uh with the with with how the system is right now is the open division for a reason anybody can play in the open very true yeah correct yeah correct Hashtag right. blonde yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, so um, we'll let everyone go. Um, we'll be in uh, next week. So uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, because it's our Christmas episode. Nice. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, because we'll still drop oh Wednesday and then Christmas, Christmas is Monday. Is so close. So, yeah, so Merry uh, Christmas, everyone. Thanks for all yeah, the support through the year. Everyone. We're getting ready. Dude, uh, next year, it's going to be another year. So it's going to be year five of the show going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, year five of the show going on. Um. We know what that means. January Christmas rolling around. We have best of the bags bracket. Battle of the bags out. and ultra. You're definitely going back oh, into it yeah. no so, matter what you say. Um, you yeah, can't so stop us. <laughs> we're going to start doing that. So it is time to start going through all the bags, figuring out who's going to make the bracket and who's not. And uh, it's always fun I going like through we're that. We're going to have a, a whole series. Maybe you have to add a new bracket of hybrid bags because that's like the new pop off from everyone there's there's been some good ideas from people on our patreon page that we're going to mull over that i think um we're gonna have to go that route so it's gonna be fun hell yeah so yeah that's awesome hell yeah well kyle always a pleasure sir and good luck this season and we'll catch you at the next regional yeah appreciate it boys see ya all right well as always we hope you throw it straight and it's nothing but four baggers from here on out cornhole it later